Hello! Good day, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Magic the First Pioneers Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Finkel, joined here with my co-hosts. Hey, everybody. It's Ryan, the uh, Japan hobbyist out of the uh, uh, Yokohama area of Japan and other co-hosts. What's up? It's your boy, Ashiok. And uh, I don't know about y'all, but I'm feeling pretty Jurassic. Jurassic? Jurassic. Ooh, hmm, Jurassic. Are we Jurassicing out? Uh, maybe. See, I usually like to say that uh, you know, Magic Player's favorite thing is always new rectangles. So today's our nice chance to go over the brand new set just coming out, Lost Caverns of Ixalan. A return to Ixalan, which I'm pretty excited about. I think I was uh, hyped when we were talking about this last week, getting a little bit of the set mechanics. Yeah. Uh, so today's going to be our whole spoiler episode. And I yeah. do want to just say before we start that uh, there's going to be background noise in today's show. It's either going to be a dog or some table getting hit or uh, somebody in the background <laughs> yeah, my dogs are already... food. So please bear with this us. This is your, you know, at home at the kitchen table with us as we uh, we chat about the cards we like from this set. A little bit less uh, formal than some of our podcasts. Yeah, it gives it a real there we go, at perfect. Home feel. <laughs> yeah, and and also I want that's the idea. Also, I want to say before we before we get started that. Uh, I have not had a chance to look at the spoilers yet because I woke up this morning and they're like, hey, gallery's up. So uh, this is going to be my first reaction to everything. So I'm just going to kind of let Ashiok and Kevin kind of tell me what they think is good. And then I'll comment on that. And then if I see something maybe they didn't talk about, I'll, I'll talk about that then. Honestly, I'm, I'm almost more excited about that, like hearing first-time reactions to brand-new cards. So I get to be Perfect. the negative Nancy this time. No, no, it's ooh, not good. Ooh, Th- This is interesting, because I was actually medium excited about this set. Um, I think that I was more excited, and then it petered out a little bit towards the end. But, I... uh, you know, I'm usually the one who has negative things to say about every card, uh, so the fact that I'm being excited, I think that's going to be a... You know, hype, hype for this set. I was a lot of genuinely people. surprised when you said you were excited about this set. I'm like, oh my god, hell has frozen huh. over. We, the rapture has started. <laughs> Kevin is excited about a magic set. Let's go. A lot of people have been excited. I know Claudio was saying he really excited too. I think Harry13 said he was excited. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, all of the boys are so, so, so excited yeah. about this set. And as am I. <laughs> I am, I'm, I I feel like as though that I was pretty excited and then it definitely went to a drought. And then today, a lot of these like random commons are actually like kind of decent, mm. to be honest. So, yeah. So, any boys out there of any gender, make sure you're excited about this set too. Popper is mm. going to be fire. So it's going to be a good one. From all these comments. But today's Pioneer. Pioneer. Yeah. Yep. So, are we ready to start talking about some spoilies? Uh, yep. Despite our break from our usual format, this is still going to go the normal way where we go by color. So, we're starting in Wooburg order. Yeah, and your boy's going to... I'll start. You know what? I'll take charge. And I think the card I want to start talking about is, like, something that actually, like... I, th- I was pretty low on it for a bit, and then I got more and more excited the more and more it was explained to me by smarter people. Is Warden mm. of the Inner Sky. Uh, so this is a one mana, uh, one two, uh, human soldier, uh, and as long as it, uh, sorry, as long as it has three or more counterings on it, it's flying in vigilancy. Uh, but you can tap three untapped artifacts and/or creatures you control, and you can put a one-one counter on it and scry one. Activate only mm. as a sorcery. So I don't know who at Watsi really loves Thraven Inspector. I could not tell you who it is, but man. They just keep printing cards that just go with all of this Convoke. I make a 
dorky artifact the second it turn it comes in type strategies like boros is now officially being like the most pushed thing in pioneer especially with this card yeah boros definitely okay because um, like imagine I, I, right reading it now I guess what I missed probably when I was re- reading this the first couple times is I was like, okay, you can tap itself. That that I like. I didn't quite realize that. So, you know, you could... You just need this yeah, and a Thraven you know, Inspector. Like you could play this turn one, and then turn two, you could play a Thraven Inspector and something else and, you know, tap it. You don't it. even or, need yeah, something else. Just the Thraven Inspector, because yeah. it makes the clue token. Yep. You can tap the clue token. Guess what? You can still draw a card off a tapped clue token. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, And you don't even need to do this uh, as a... Uh, you know, it, it can do this without... um tapping you know if it has some oh yeah you know, we've like, been com- so go ahead yeah no 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 i was gonna say yeah like th- this this card is like very unassuming when you read it first but then i just kept reading it and i'm like huh this is good with voldaren epicure huh so now call restrictions huh this works out um i was gonna say we've been yeah. clamoring for a one drop forever especially in white some better one drops i guess we say this is a really good one drop it's good good typing human um, soldier, maybe a little bit less so, but still very good. Like you said, Bros Convoke, good. Um, I know we've been looking for more cards in the uh, Hardened Scales deck, Green White. I don't know if that's going to give it the critical mass that it needs, but I think it's definitely a step in the right direction. You can tap your Ozlis. Yeah, I was about to say, tap the Ozlis, tap the Springleaf Drum when you already have infinite mana. Boom. I think I think the fact that they just like printed Scry one on this just feels like, huh. This card wasn't busted enough. Let's make it Scry One, and then boom, like I, Scry One just feels so random here, but it's so good. Hmm, yeah. All right. What's up, Kev? You got one for you? Yeah, I'll go uh, real basic here, and I'll go with Get Lost. Hmm. Uh, this is our new white destroy spell. This is one one white one in a white for an instant destroy target creature enchantment or planeswalker. Its controller makes two map tokens. Now, this is one I do think I need to test a little bit. Because the idea here is that, okay, is this worse than giving your opponent a clue? Um, and the fact that this can hit an enchantment is kind of the two things that are nice about this as an upgrade. I think that two maps against the decks where it matters are probably worse than a clue is. And I think that hitting that enchantment is going to have a lot of decks where it does matter. So I, I like this card. I think it's going to show up in at least blue eye control and probably in some other white decks here or there. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting because, like, the fact of the enchantment just changes this a lot, right? Like, I think the only, like, thing where map tokens get, like, slightly better uh, as opposed to um, uh, the clue token is against land-heavy decks that are usually enchantment decks. Like, I'm thinking more so personally about my piles, right? Like, I'm, I'm running, like, mm-hmm. 28 lands, so technically this is two one-mana draw cards because my deck's full of bad cards, but a majority of the time, like, like I was never scared of Fateful Events anyway. Like, it only, it only ever hit my creatures. I don't care about my creatures. But now that the fact that this is enchantments just makes it so much more of a problem for decks that I play personally. So I feel as though yeah. that this is actually going to have, like, a, an impact on the format. Also, like, this can target your own things, too, if that's ever relevant. So it's, like, it could technically be, like, another Gleeful Demolition type thing for, like, some of these other cards where tapping artifacts are relevant. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, that's a little bit more of a niche case, but I do think this is a really solid removal spell. I just do like its re- versatility in the format. Yeah, I think what also matters is like there are decks that'll have a hard time using those map tokens. You know, if you're against blue white and you kill their planeswalker, they can't just pop that clue and then have a card up on you. They have to find a creature first in order to use the map tokens because you can't sack them unless you have a creature. Mm-hmm. 
All right, do I go right back to you, or do you want to read one off here, Ryan? I mean, I mean, like I said, I have no cards that I really want cool. to talk about. Yeah, me, so. me and Ashley will bounce back and forth reading them, and I can if just you just react. want to throw a reaction out there when you see All right, yeah, cool, we yeah. can ping pong. We can ping pong. Yeah, I got I was, a couple. Okay. I was going to say, you know, if they if they ever made a uh, Seinfeld secret lair, they can change the name to Get Out of <laughs> Here or Get Out and have Elaine pushing the person and then exploding. Sorry, never mind. Uh, get Lost, I feel as though, is like pretty good. Like, uh, I don't know if you got how often you guys are on TikTok, but like there's always those like uh, that trend of just like things yeah, that like yeah. suburban white families say. And I feel like Get Lost would be a great version for that secret layer. Yeah. Like one of the other ones is like, um, you got too much chip on your dip or things like that. Chip on your dip. There you go. Too much chip on your dip. It's one of my favorite things. Anyway, Double dip, uh, one of the one of the things, I'm, I'm, there's a few that I added that are like maybes. And so I'll, I'll go over like two. I'll, I'll take the solid two for here. Um, one of the ones I wanted to talk about that's just kind of like a niche upgrade is spring loaded saw blades. Uh, one on a white flash artifact. When it enters the battlefield, it deals five to a tapped creature and opponent controls. I'm just happy that I got an, an artifact that's like a little bit more of a better removal spell. That's like an upgraded like glass casket for whenever I play white Karn decks. Very nice. Very good. And it's great with the Orion too, because you can just flicker it again and kill a thing. Um, I don't even know what the craft back half is. There is that, but I do not care what that does. I just care the fact that it ETB deals five to something. Mm. Very nice. It's a 5-5 five, five, crew one in the back. Boom. Busted. I didn't even know that. All I care about is the front side. And you can tap untapped artifacts to uh, play it or to turn it into an artifact creature. You don't even have to crew it. Nice. Oh, sick, actually. Like it. yeah. yeah. It's very niche, but... And the other one that I uh, kind of enjoyed was um, Helping Hand. Uh, hmm. For one white, uh, return target creature card with mana value three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. And uh, I already had a couple of people be like, oh my god, Grease Fang is broken. You can reanimate the Grease Fang. It's better. Can't stay away. And then they read the rest of the card. So make, make sure we remember yeah, the, the that it enters tapped. There. It enters tapped. <laughs> mm-hmm. So immediately the Grease Fang dream is dead. However, uh, there's like this like meeting of the minds of one mind spells deck that exists in a format that's kind of just been like showing up on random people's streams. And I think this is where that card is actually going to be quite fine. Like you know what would work well in that deck is Wandering Mind. That would be on theme. Oh yeah, my pa- my my pack one pick one draft for when we did Crimson Vow spoilers. Oh, don't you worry, I remember oh, yeah. him. You could bring back Wandering Mind with Helping Hand. I feel like that was a match made. Oh yeah, <laughs> but mo- more so like Monastery Mentor or Third Path Iron Class. Boom, extra extra stuff, and we're just going nuts with all the draw cards with of one mind and. All of these things. I feel like that's a really good home for it. Like this spell slinger archetype that's just kind of like fringely existed. All right, go for it, Kev. Your turn. Yeah, you guys go. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, I'm going to go with a couple here. I've got um, Guardian of the Great Door. I think needs a shout out just because Angels has been a deck and Pioneer. Uh, this definitely suffers without having Vile, but it's a two mana 4-4 four, four Angel uh, with flying. and But as an additional cost to cast it, you have to tap for untapped artifacts creatures and or lands you control hey you know what's a good thing to do with guardian of the great door hear me out what's a good thing what if we helping handed it hey there you go yeah exactly or you uh return to the ranks it i think is a good one Mm -hmm. that also works actually yeah this is like a randomly good beater to just reanimate randomly and i think that's the best place i found for it just because like I don't know, like, this doesn't really fit well in the Convoke decks, because the Convoke decks are about growing your dorks with Luxodon or convoking and drawing cards, and both of those are just better than a 4-4 flyer. So, sadly, Convoke's (laughs) dead for this. 
Um, if this had vigilance, maybe yeah. If this was Sarah Angel, you know, some added upside. Yeah, yeah. If this was Sarah Angel. This would be like infinitely more playable and constructed. However, this is gonna mess up someone's draft night, and I'm happy for it. Okay. Uh, okay. Let me go to with another one here that I sh- meant to add and I didn't. Is Duskrow's Reliquary? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think that this will just see like this is a card that's kind of like okay, it's an easy slot, and that I think this will see play in those uh, decks like Convoke. It's a one mana exile target artifact or creature an opponent controls with ward two but as additional cost to cast it you have to sacrifice an artifact creature i think that you know this is for one mana this is going to be just a killer removal spell for like specifically convoke unless if they're going to play uh there is another removal spell later that i'm interested in yeah i do feel like this card is the one for convoke especially because like you don't really care about like throwing away a lot of things like i also think that this uh this is kind of just like a, a an upgrade for Chain to the Rocks in certain mm-hmm. decks because because yeah, uh, Chain to the Rocks always had that consistency issue where like sometimes you never had the White Sword, sometimes you never had whatever it is like Boros Pia. I think is like a great example. Just like sometimes you like you 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 needed so many different type land types just to be able to support Pia, and then Chain to the Rocks always would end up targeting like you only had one basic mountain or something like that, and like Field Ruin and Besaju exist in the form. Or sorry, Field Ruin exists in the format, right? Like. There's like some incidental land hate, especially yeah. stuff that we're getting in the set. And how many times have you had? How many times have you had your land with Chain of the Rocks underneath it get blown up? I have. It feels pretty bad. So this one having Ward Two makes it harder to interact with. So it's the Shieldred removal spell of Pia now, which I think is mm-hmm. like very epic pog. Better than uh, Portable Hole. Yeah, yeah. Portable Hole is dead in a lot. Of most of the time uh, you're just using it on a computer. Sorry, most of the time you're just using it on a small, but... small uh, creature or even artifact like some kind of hate card but you know you're uh, not really i guess what it's a very uh corner case when you're getting anything other than a creature and artifact i was gonna say yeah no that's fair i think i think the reason that portable hole is like still gonna see a little bit more play is because just especially against like the elves decks it matters a lot that's what i was because you don't because yeah. you do need to sacrifice an artifact or a creature mm-hmm. and well if it's if it's this one that's a little awkward i don't even think you can i think you do need to sacrifice <laughs> to even cast it but anyways uh it's still very very nice. Uh, Alright. I've got one, maybe two I more. Two. Uh, I want to talk about Kellen real quick. It. it could be a multicolored card, but it's uh, you know two mana, two, three, human fairy scout. Uh, you know, we've seen Kellen a couple times now. When he attacks, you reveal a top card in library. If it's a creature card, mana value three or less, you put it in your hand. Otherwise, you can put it in your graveyard. And he also has an adventure. Uh, he or she, I don't recall. Uh, which is a one mana create X map tokens where X is one plus a number of opponents that control an artifact. So it's either make a map or sometimes two maps. Uh, mostly I care about this kind of for the potential explore deck that sh- could be coming up. Um, but also, you know, it's just a decent beater. Like it's not like it's a two mana two three that can get you card advantage. Like that's kind of cool. Yeah. And like it's a two drop that passes the stomp test too, right? Like it it, 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 it is a good beater. And like there is, as as we'll go on, you, there is an idea of an Abzan Coco deck that might end up existing in the format, uh, with the explore mechanic as like its core co- uh, idea. And the journey on turn one journey on is just good, even if your opponent doesn't yeah. have an artifact, you just have a map token now, so you set up the explore for the future card, which I'll touch on when we get there. Uh, and, and in the mirror, turn one journey on on the draw. When your opponent journeyed on, then you get two of two them. Two of them. Now you just out tempoed your <laughs> opponent. GG, it's over. Um, but yeah, like the the fact that this is like already just like a great slot in for a lot of Coco decks because a lot of these Coco decks already want to put creatures into play that are CMC three or less. So 
it just kind of works out. Yeah, you know, you'll have like a 40% chance of hitting or something like that. Yeah. Like that's pretty good. All right. Um, anything else in white that you really want to talk about? I, you know, I had Coltsy's flanker as a honorable mention. Yeah. So Coltsy's flanker, I do want to touch on. Like the 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 the, okay. the, the, the two beside each other that I want to touch on. Anyway, Coltsy's flanker, uh, two and a white, uh, three one flash ETB. Uh, put a one one counter on it for each creature that you control that left the battlefield this turn. Uh, you gain two life, scry two, and then exile target player's graveyard. This card is an upgraded one deck and one deck specifically. It is the Yorion Enchanties deck. This is better than Callous Blood Mage. Guys, we've officially pushed that card out of the deck. This card is just better. <laughs> now, that does this can't draw a card, which Callous Blood Mage could sometimes do. It right? could sometimes, but, but I, the fact that it can gain two life and scry two is like pretty decent because you usually ended up using close. <laughs> yeah, because you usually ended up using like whatever it was anyway. Uh Night of the Night of Autumn to be able to do that. And this one already just has like a better body than it, and also it's 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 top mode. The put a one one counter on it for each creature that left the battlefield this turn. Whenever you are like winning with that deck, you are usually going end step, sacrifice your fires, get something busted, right? And if your opponent board clears you and you lost all your progress, well, you probably still have a bunch of untapped mana to sacrifice the fires, or you can at least like play towards the this card, and now you just have a flash meter. And you like lose three. And creatures. what's really cool there is that it does not say died. It does say left the battlefield. So if you have this and two other creatures in play, and you play a Yorion, this will come back as a six four. Yeah, this thing grows quick. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, do we care at all that it's a cat warrior for like the uh, what is that cat that puts our equipment on things? Oh, Kemba. No, we do not care about this for Kemba. Because that with resolute strike, caring about warriors. Okay. Nope. Just wanted nope. to see. No, nope. <laughs> you right. tried. You tried. Uh, blue cards. Uh, no, I mean, there's one more. I, I, I had a couple shout outs. Oh, one more? But what do you got? Yeah. I, I have one more with Thousand Moon Smithy. Um, two into white. Legendary artifact. When it ETBs, you get a white gnome soldier artifact creature token where its power and toughness are equal to the number of uh, creatures and artifacts you control. And at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, you may tap five untapped artifacts and or creatures you control, and then you transform it, and then it's like a white land that says whenever you use this mana to cast something, you uh, I think you get another gnome or something like that. Um... Anyways, uh, this card... It's just when you cast an artifact. Yeah. yeah, this card is just, like, a strict upgrade for, like, uh, construct tokens. And this card seems pretty easy to flip on four, which is kind... Like, you just have to do Thraben Inspector things and, like, play this, like, dorky artifacts thing. But the payoff, it being these gnomes, is kind of insane. Like, if you it, like if you can consistently flip this on four with your pre-combat main phase, you flip the land... And you can make two constructs in the same turn, sorry, two gnomes in the same turn. Because, like, I think the land, or I guess if you have to tap it itself, the wait, does it, is it exile? No, it's just transform. So if you tap it, then uh, you sadly don't get to use the the land. But if you don't have to tap it, and you just, like, cast a portable hole or something, congrats, you just made a, a gnome. It's nuts. Like, th th this can scale really well, and you also can, like, theoretically Yorion flicker it, and, like, even if you're just, like, hard casting the front side, like... I think the fact of just it being upgraded constructs and constructs have already been I, I, I personally know how powerful constructs are in modern. Uh, the fact that it's an upgraded construct for Pioneer is kind of scary, to be honest. Yeah, I think I'm mostly doubting where there's a home for it just because, you know, what white deck is playing four drops particularly? Uh, four drops that take over the game very quickly. Uh, a few of them, hopefully. <laughs> 
Well, uh, we'll see. I'm not uh, convinced yet, but I would love to see it. You know, I think about stuff like the blue one that seems like Factor Spy Network, I feel like is similar to this mm-hmm. to me. And that one never even got close. So maybe this is a lot better, but I'll have to see well, it. Well, let me hear. Let me let me tell you this. Gnomes are bigger than one ones. And that's why I'm excited. Yeah, but I like drawing cards. Mm, um, uh, Ryan, did you have some shout-outs? Yeah, I had some shout-outs real quick. That Again, you know, I'm just looking at this stuff as we go over them. Uh, I know somebody posted about Acrobatic Leap in, uh, I was either on Twitter or, like, on the Discord. I think that could possibly see play in the Heroic deck. It gives you evasion. Uh, it's a one-mana instant that says plus one, plus three against flying until the end of turn. And then you untap it, and so it can also dodge uh, if they're casting uh what's her name uh the the emperor yeah something like that saves it from that which i think is pretty cool um so that's one shout out and the other one i I just think that the uh the gnome is neat the market gnome it's it's like an egg of sorts it's a zero three i almost put that on here yeah that's fair zero three for one uh when it dies you gain one life and draw a card and then if you if it's exiled from the battlefield while you're activating a craft ability you get one life and draw a card maybe you're not going to be using that but uh good sack fodder you know if you're playing some kind of deck where you're just sacking stuff and drawing stuff sacking stuff and drawing stuff it's a good way to refill your hand and also gain value from it so those are my shout outs that's fair craft craft kind of fell short for me as a mechanic there's not a lot of craft cards that i care about yeah that's fair i i also kind of feel that way for the most part so that's why I, they're just very expensive to activate it. Yeah, and the fact that you have to two for one yourself, that means the backside of it has to be really powerful, and for a lot of these cards, it just isn't. One drops are actually really Well, you don't good. have to two for one yourself because they all can craft with cards from your graveyard, mm-hmm. but they're still just so expensive that it's like, when are you going to get that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just an overall feeling. I love the one drops from white. Just that's my. To sum yeah, it up. I, I love this set. I love that this set has one drops. I'll be talking about a few of them as we go along here. All right, I'm ready for blue. Uh, actually, um, I was thinking maybe Ryan could lead us through blue. Yeah, yeah, the blue player. I, I, I don't see any blue yes. cards. I'm colorblind. <laughs> I don't see blue. Perfect. I don't see perfect. anything on this uh, list. I'll lead us off with one of these blue cards that I think is pretty interesting. Is Confounding Riddle. This is the new upgrade to Supreme Will, and it's real easy to miss how good this is. It's three mana instant. You can either counter-target spell unless the controller pays four, or look at the top four cards of your library, put one in your hand, and the rest in your graveyard. That's the part that makes this really good compared to Supreme Will, which did kind of the similar thing, but it put them on the bottom. This one drops four cards into your graveyard when you cast it for that mode. Yeah, uh, I saw this card, and I I, under, I got the graveyard part, and I was like, hmm. I don't really know a deck that wants this, because like, Memory Deluge has just been like replaced by Dig Through... Sorry, it has replaced Dig Through Time for so long now. So I just don't even think about it. Do you think that Phoenix can play this? Oh no. This is uh this is not a one drop spell. I don't think Phoenix is that interested in it. I mean, it would replace pieces of the puzzle if if it could replace something. I, I do you know, I have been trying to tell people like, hey, that's one card or like drawing two cards with pieces of puzzle is twice as good as drawing one card with this, but the fact that this can sometimes be a counter spell, you know. That, that's decent upside. I don't hate that upside. And that's fair. Like, I, I can understand that. I think I just think the core the core identity of Phoenix is, like, trying to make it so you either cast no spells on your turn or all the spells on your turn. And I think that this okay. kind of, like, 
goes against it sometimes and it can be a little bit more trickier because like sometimes you need to do the pieces in the puzzle hopefully hit two spells hit to hit the two one drops get your phoenix back gg easy um i do think that there that, that that this is a new argument i do think this card is slightly better than what i originally thought however i still think it goes into the uh poo poo category for me okay the category of poo-poo. All right, why don't we move on? Why don't you grab one? Sure, I'll grab one that I'm pretty excited about. Uh, Subterranean Schooner. Oh, yes. I think it's its name. Uh, so it's a vehicle. One in a blue. Three, four. Crew one. And then whenever it attacks, target creature that crewed it explores this turn. Um, smuggler's Copter at home. But it's a it's little... so close. It, it's so close, but like... It is- yeah, it, yeah. it is very close to Smuggler's Copter, but like it isn't. But like it, it it's close. It, it it's one of these like uh, you got exposed to crack cocaine, and then huh. now somebody's trying to give you like weed, and you're kind of like, oh, I get it, but like how good is it? You know, like you, we were exposed <laughs> to like the good stuff, so we know it's obviously not Smuggler's Copter, but like it's 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 there. It's decent. The lack of evasion makes me very hesitant, but I do, I do really like this. Is card I'm really excited. Yeah, about. I think it's just really hard to give evasion to a boat. Like, is that stuff supposed to go in the sky? Like, no. I mean, better than when they made a uh, a submarine that didn't have any evasion. That should have sense. island walk. There we go. There, we go. or I should have underwalk. Like underwalk. instead of flying, it just goes underneath. Yeah. Um. Cave walk. I was going to say, something that's kind of plagued blue vehicles is that they just don't really seem to have any place that they belong. Like, what blue deck plays blue vehicles? They don't. Mm, no, I don't yeah. really think so. Ooh, ooh, here we go. This is the deck that's going to play the Omen Keel, right? A what? <laughs> There's a uh, a god that's a vehicle lord. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you said God, and I immediately thought about Commander, and then I had to say you out loud. <laughs> Got it. I, I'm liking the the deep pilgrimage that you guys posted, though. I, you know, we had like what a three mana one in Ixalan that kind of did the same thing for when you cast uh, a Merfolk, you get a one one hexproof Merfolk. This is whenever you tap um, a Merfolk. I think that's kind of cool, there, especially with the was it the three mana guy that you can cast that like uh-huh. you can tap. Three, five, or seven. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that kind of works well with him. Or, you know, if you've got a vehicle out, every time you play a Merfolk, you can just tap it. Merfolk vehicles. Make another Merfolk. We figured it out, dude. Merfolks are going to get in the the planes, and then then they're going to attack. In the boats, yes. Merfolk have to be in boats. That's the only way. Are Merfolks the only tribe that actively swims? Yes, but they have to get in the boats. Yes. But I, to re- reiterate what uh, Ryan was saying, I'm gonna I just save the card because you know I don't think anyone actually said it. Uh, one in a blue, whenever uh, enchantment, whenever one or more non-token Merfolk you couldn't control become tapped, create a one-one blue Merfolk creature uh, token with hexproof. Uh, just so the listeners are up to date on what it is. Okay. Um, can I jump in with another jump one? Jump in, go for it. Malcolm Alluring Scoundrel. I am kind of excited about this one. It's a 2-mana, two 2-1, two Flash Flying Siren Pirate Legendary Creature. When it deals damage to a player, you put a Chorus Counter on it, draw a card, discard a card, and then if there's four or more on him, you get to play the discarded card without paying its mana cost. 
Um, I don't care too much about the, like, I hit four times and I get free spells. It's more like, hey, a 2-1 flash flying beater that loots on attack is a really, really above rate card. Um, Just some kind of, like, blue or blue-white flyers deck. I'd be pretty interested in this. So, I wanted to say, just in general, I mean, this card especially, I'm getting, like, mirage and visions vibes where we get these like random legendaries with tons of text and like random names it's the first time i think we've ever had a malcolm you know well i think isn't this a uh, the second time we've seen malcolm i'm pretty sure he was a partner commander oh i don't play commander i don't know sorry i wouldn't know either i work in a store that primarily sells commander cards and i couldn't even tell you that (laughs) but anyway i was i was gonna say i think there i think the the mono blue tempo deck has always just kind of been like almost there but like the fact that spirits existed is just kind of what like pushed it out but like cards like this make me really invigorated and really want to like retry the strategy um yeah i yeah. I, I think i think that like because like haughty Dijin, i think or what is the name uh the the, the, the tempest Dijin. tempest Dijin has always been like very close to being playable in the pioneer format at least i felt as though and i think this card might be the one that you know actually gets it into play <sighs> Uh, actually gets it to see play you know we can play some spell pierces we can play uh flow of knowledge a lot of these random bad cards oh there's malcolm you posted it yeah all right yeah i just posted the other malcolm yeah he's real all right you know what you win this one commander player uh yeah i'm yeah i don't when that happened um i've got a couple more in blue uh one that i keep trying to undersell for myself but i think it might actually just be good is tishana's tidebender uh, two and a blue for a 3-2 Merfolk Wizard with Flash. When it enters the battlefield, counter up to one target activated or triggered ability. If an ability of an artifact, creature, or planeswalker is countered this way, that permanent loses all abilities for as long as the Tidebinder remains in the battlefield. Now, I think what really messed me up on this card is that when it was spoiled, it was not in English. And the first translation I read was nowhere near as good as the actual. So um, that that's kind of like in my mind been like, no, why are people saying this is good? This is bad. Right away, I'm going to say this is a two-toughness, three-mana creature. That shouldn't be a playable card. But there's a lot of really good stuff going on yeah. on this. Yeah, I think this is one of these cards where I'm like, I think I personally think this is bad. But if it was really good, I wouldn't be surprised. I would I would be like, okay, cool. That makes sense. Like, the fact that it just loses all, all the abilities all the time, nuts. Nuts. Like... Imagine you just like counter a Teferi uptick, right? Like a Teferi five mana Teferi uptick. Boom. Now your opponent, now your blue white opponent that tapped out for the Teferi no longer gets no longer gets to untap their two lands or draw the card. You just can like attack the Teferi down because you probably already have another creature in play. Because assuming you're playing this deck, you're playing a lot of these dorky creatures. Yeah, I think that the triggered ability one's a huge one. You know, like you counter one Shieldred activation and now Shieldred has no text. Um, yep. Oh no, it does say no, okay. It, it, I, I think I was back and forth between. So I think the original translation, I'd seen another translation that was worse that said that as, as long as that permanent remains on the battlefield, that is not it. it, it you know, if you kill the tide binder, they do get it, the abilities back. Yeah. So okay, then now I'm back to not liking it, but I do think that it's it's still close. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like if it's I think it its ability that the one that matters the most is the planeswalker ability. And I think this card is just especially good against, like, Karn the Great Creator. 
like you can just like counter stifle their ability and now they now mono green has to interact with this card and so now mono green has to kind of like change a bit but it's been pretty good at that it's been pretty good at it okay. doing that uh, i just saw a card i've got one more if you've got anything else i got it saw i just saw a neat card if you don't mind me sure, what do you grabbing got? something zoetic glyph i mean it's three mana but it's basically another in soul Enchant Artifact, and it says the golem creature with base power, toughness 5-4, in addition to its other types. And when it's put into the graveyard from the battlefield, discover three. So you get to, like, it kind of replaces itself, right? You get to grab something and put it put it into play if you have another one, or if you have a an insole, you can just pop that on whatever artifact you have, right? Is that how it works? Uh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, you could do that. You could technically make, yeah, you can make your land whenever it sadly goes away. Draw a card. <laughs> Yeah, Discover 3 is put it into play, right? Uh, it's the, you uh, can also so draw it. Cascade. Yeah, it's Cascade, and then you can either cast it for free, or you can put it in Okay. Hand. So it's like a technically better Cascade. When it when it, when it's uh, when it's a death trigger, it's technically better Cascade. But yeah, and majority non, of the time, it's worse Cascade. <laughs> and it's a non... Uh, non-land. I say? Non-land, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's kind of neat. Yeah, but I think the issue with Discover in like, these in-soul decks is like... You're going to discover into Ornithopter, and you're going to cry. That's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be like, oh my god, do I cast the Ornithopter, or do I draw it, guys? It's a really rough decision. <laughs> It'd be great, though. I mean, because it's a spell, right? Or is it, it... It's any spell two or less. Or, sorry, three or less, right? Yeah, yeah. You could so, technically hit, like, in Soul Artifact, and... Yes. Well, here's the thing. You attack... You deal damage, five damage. You splinter uh, shrapnel blast for five, and then it sacrifices, goes to the graveyard, gives you another shrapnel blast to hit for another five. That's 15 damage right there. Yo, I think you burnt your soup. I think you burnt your soup. I think you cooked a little too much. (laughs) (laughs) It could work. No, you're right. You're right. It could. You're going to ruin someone's FNM experience. I'm so happy for you. Um, But... uh, uh, I'm done with blue as one, well. If you want to talk about you your last one card, more, Kevin? Kevin, you can go for it. Uh, yeah, I had one more. Uh, it was another creature that's kind of a removal spell. Is this Kite Sail Larcenist. Two and a, two and a blue for 2-3 with Flying Ward 1. And when it enters, for each player, you choose up to one target artifact or creature they control. And as long as Kite Sail's on the battlefield, that permanent is a treasure artifact instead of what it was. Um, so it basically just like, hey, turns your whatever creature I have a problem with on the other side is now just a treasure, unless they can kill this thing. So you know, it's kind of the, it's it's kind of like the white banisher or the blue banisher priest. Yeah. See, I can't wait to turn my opponent's creatures into treasures and just start singing treasure. Hmm. That is what you are, and then huh. that's all I want to do. Yeah. And you get to turn one of your random artifacts into a treasure, maybe? Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. That, it's ramp. It's blue ramp. Guys, we finally got it. There we go. It's blue ramp plus removal. <laughs> Everything we could ever want. Everything we want out of a pirate. It doesn't leave the battlefield. So it's not even a technical flicker, which is so sad. Yeah. You want to go to uh, black? Yeah, let's go to black. Do I get to go first? <gasps> Sure. sure. I'm going to talk about the one. I'm going to steal one of the ones that you put on here. I'm going to talk about Bitter Triumph. I really like this card. Mm-hmm. Uh, one in a black instant. As an additional cost to cast the spell, discard a card or pay three life. Destroy target creature or planeswalker. Um, so, a last set review, I was, like, very high on the end. And turns out that card, not <laughs> as high as I thought. 
which eh, dookie. sometimes no, nah, it's not dookie. It still see some play, so it's not in dookie category, yeah. but it it's kind of close. But anyway, I think this card sees will see a little bit more play because of Grease Fang necessarily, because like you gotta think like mm-hmm. I, I, you can abuse the discard a card factor, and like in standard mm-hmm. reanimator is a strategy that's kind of existed for a little bit. Uh, with like cruelty of geeks and sadly that's not going to end up existing in pioneer however there are still some reanimation-esque strategies that could have used this and grease fang is the example right we just turn we, we you know how many t- times your opponent goes turn to pass as a grease fang you're like oh my jesus he's got the nut and the nut huh. grizzly salvage but no they can also hold up a removal spell now and just pitch the card from yeah. hand so it just it, it becomes a stuff do two things type thing and even if you don't have the parhelion you can just pay the three life you know what deck doesn't really care about its own life total grease fang because it's just gonna kill your opponent out of nowhere anyway um and i i, I also think that this card has some value because it is the cheapest way we have of removing a planeswalker uh at least like and all, while still having the um ability to destroy other things so i think this might see some play in like rakdos sack as well uh just as a way to deal with karn a little bit more cleanly uh, while also doing things like you can just bitter bitter triumph pitch i don't know cauldron familiar witches oven something that's yeah. already just kind of been like poop for a bit uh kill your car opponent's karn and you still have so much more mana to be able to do things or in that specific matchup i think you just lose the life and you don't care mm-hmm. you're just super okay with it well unless you're getting pressured by the old growth troll which does happen frequently <laughs> yeah All right, uh, I'm going to jump in with one that I really like and I don't have a home for it yet, but I want to mess around with it, is Stalactite Stalker, a one-mana goblin rogue that's a 1-1 menace. And at the end of at the beginning of your end step, if you descended this turn, so that's put a permanent into your graveyard from anywhere, you put a plus, plus one counter on it. And you can pay three and sacrifice it to give target creature minus X minus X, where X is the stalker's power. I'm going to be real. Didn't even realize this was a card. And now that you've read it, <laughs> I'm not excited personally. But I'm not excited. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, one, one that grows, good. and I was gonna make the rogue can joke. Be a removal spell. I was gonna make the rogue joke of, oh my god, guys, rogues got a new toy. Rogues is busted. But I wasn't gonna swing that low. I think it's decent, but blue black rogues, right? There's there's uh, guys that give you. Uh, I mean, there's what are they called? Uh, not leaders, but the uh, the lords. Lords, yeah. yeah. I, I think uh, this doesn't even help fine. turn on the ro- the Lord, though, is the sad thing. It doesn't. Yeah, it is a little weird that it wants you to mill yourself and not your opponent, but any of the cards that mill both of you would be just fine. In there. Is there any of the cards that mill both of you in rogues? I don't think so. Um, Are they running, like, in... What is it? Invasion Yeah, I was going to say, Invasion of Omnicast is the only one I could, like, think of that maybe exists, but I think that's pretty fringe. Hmm, Okay. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm the I'm the poo poo stinker on this card. I'm the one that thinks it's bad. So sorry to poop on your parade. Can, no poo poo stinker on my parade. Can I grab uh, one? Why don't I grab another Go one then? It. Which is another one that I think is poo poo stinky. Is this starving revenant? The four mana four four. When it enters, surveil two, and for each card you leave on top, you draw a card and lose uh, three yeah, life. Yeah. And descend eight if you have eight or more opponents in your card. Whenever you draw opponents in your graveyard, if you draw a card, you gain a life. Opponent loses a life. Um, this card seems like it could be great after Shieldred gets banned. <laughs> Dude. Or at least okay after Shieldred gets Taking banned. Taking five after drawing a card. Oh my god. Alright, yeah. we found a new low. I I, I think I, I read this card and you know what genuinely went through my brain? I was like, huh, Commander. And then I stopped thinking. 
Because, like, this just looks like something that someone playing Nekuzar or whatever is just going to, like, have a field day with, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, I could see it showing up in Standard. Oh, yeah, Standard maybe this is fine, but... Uh, I guess there's, like, that Golgari mid-range deck. Maybe that's Cease Play, but, uh... Uh, Ryan, I heard you were excited about the black card. Yeah, greedy freebooter. It's the one mana human pirate. For, it's a one one, and when he dies, you scry one and create a treasure token. Seems great for all these sack decks that are going around. Um, I don't know what I would replace it with, but I, I like that they have another op- another option. I think like this like competes in the same vein as like um what's the card called uh, unlucky witness that kind of mm-hmm. just already exists in Rakdos sack. And, like, the card that already exists in the format that Unlucky Witness is picked over is Shambling Ghast. And Shambling Ghast yeah. creates a tapped treasure token, I think, maybe. Um, yeah, or, and or also minus, gives minus, one, minus right? and minus one. So, like... I think the minus one, minus one matters, though, because when you can turn two Sacket and kill an elf, that's a big deal. Yeah. So, I think I think it's the fact that, like, that maybe this also, like... Yeah, the treasure was never really picked because it was tapped. So, like, maybe the fact that this is, like, technical mana neutral card makes it a little bit more fine. But I think the fact that you just get to look at two cards just makes the other card, like, infinitely more powerful. So, it's Big Sag. I would... I would need to care about the creature typing. I think I want to play this over Shambling Ghast. Yeah, human human pirate. I don't think unless pirates become a lot more better. Um, I don't think Yeah, don't think it's going to have a place, but I do think it's a good card. I just think it's neat. Yeah, there we go. A neat card. There we go. Anyways, are you ready for me to talk about the card that's actually going to break the format? Uh, sure. Yeah. Queen's Bay. I know you're leaving black already. Queen's Bay Paladin. <laughs> nah, you you joke. But this card will mess up someone's day. Three black, black, five, four, Vampire Knight. When Queen's Bay Paladin enters the battlefield or attacks, return up to one target vampire creature from your graveyard to the battlefield with a finality counter on it. Use life equal to its CMC. Um, so finality counter, for those who don't remember, is if it dies with the finality counter on it, you exile it instead. So, you know, you don't get, like, infinite returns with Queen's Bay Paladin. But this says attacks and enters the battlefield. So... Uh, I'm just saying, if my 1-2 gets, like, Fatal Push, my Knight of the Oven Legion, I can return it. I can just get more value off of, like, Soren. Soren is a very powerful card that it, it got pushed out of the format, but, uh, Vampires could come back, because you just reanimate a champion at dusk, and now you're drawing to losing 7. But you were already just, like, gaining infinite life with Soren anyway. So, I don't know. Is this a card that resurrects Vampires? Maybe, because it's the best card that already exists in the proven successful Vampire's deck, which was Mono Black. Like, we we had these, like, short stints with, like, Galta and Maven and, like, Lord Xander when those cards were spoiled. But we kind of figured that those were uh, less consistent. Is Shouldred a vampire? Shouldred is not a vampire, exactly. (laughs) No. Um, You you just like this card because Queen's Bay is in Canada, isn't it? There is the Queen's Bay in Canada, but... Uh, it, I, I like this card because I think the fact that you can just constantly reanimate your threats that you're already like, you th- like I can throw something at you with Soren and then reanimate it with this card. Like, I think it just plays really well with already existing vampires, so I really like this card. Okay, I'm willing to give it a try. I haven't uh, thought very hard about vampires in a while. Yeah, vampires has been a dead archetype for a while. Yeah. Alright, you got another black Do card? Do care about uh, this other vampire here? This fourth mana vampire bloodletter of Aklazot. Okay, Commander Player, you got this one. Hey, <laughs> this is a four mana card that doubles damage. It, if opponent would lose life during your turn, they lose twice as much life instead. 
That is a four mana dam damage doubler, but you know what else is a four mana damage doubler? A lot of other red enchantments in Commander that sell pretty frequently oh. at my store. So I think this more of being like this is the black Torbrand. You know, a two four flyer is you know essentially it's a it's a four four flyer uh, for four mana is perfectly fine on curve. Um, Vampires is possibly a deck, and this just like this could be the, the curve topper of a black aggro deck and kill some people. I think yeah, like now that I'm like rereading it and rethinking the fact of like Torbrand, I do think the fact like the fact that this kind of like triggers on end step is like kind of cringe, but <laughs> like. Uh, oh, oh wait, oh, wait, no, it doesn't even trigger an end step. I read no, it. It doesn't trigger an end step. It's just your opponent loses. Yeah, okay. So like maybe this is a lot better than I think because like I don't know. Like you just start pumping up your vampires and maybe this card is the one that makes it. All right, I'm higher on this card. I I, I regret calling you commander player, but you are still a commander player for this starving reverent card you wanted to bring forward. Okay, I do like this card. Uh, I think there's one or okay. Did I've got guys... one more card that's worth mentioning. I got two that I want to talk yeah. about. I got some honorable mentions after you guys are done then. I'll go for mine. Um, Souls of the Lost. One and a black. As an additional cost to cast this uh, spell, discard a card to sacrifice a permanent. Uh, its power and toughness is uh, equal to the number of permanent cards in your graveyard, and its toughness is equal to that number plus one. So we got like a sub Tarmogoyf type thing happening here. Uh, you do have to technically two for one yourself for it, but it doesn't always have to be a two for one. Like you can theoretically like sacrifice a token or something similar. Um, but still, I, I, I think this card just grows so quickly, and you can build your deck around it. Like, turn one, Stitch Sapphire. Turn two, Sack It. You have six cards in your graveyard, and one of them is... Or sorry, you have seven cards in your graveyard. One of them is Stitch Sapphire, and now, now this thing is big on turn two. Okay. I, I just, like, I've seen enough cards like this that I'm like... I think it was like a 4-3 that makes you discard a card when you play it, and I've always just been like, that card's so far from unplayable that I would need to see this be usable and not just always two for one yourself to make it actually any, uh, to make, to, you know, to sell me on it. You know, it's also just like, it's just a vanilla creature at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, like this, this thing I think definitely has a really low floor, but it's still, but on the contrary, it has a really high ceiling as well. Like, like I said, like the Stitcher Supplier play, and let's just say theoretically you had a 50% success rate on milling permanents, because I feel like that's about fair. Let's just say 50%. Now you played a two mana four or five. Like, that's a pretty high rate for Pioneer. Okay. Even if you two for one yourself, theoretically with the Stitcher Supplier. I don't think two for one yourself with the Stitcher Supplier is really what two for one is, but you technically use two cards to get this to be a four or five on two. But that's still like insanely powerful and like hear me out turn four we play blood letter of alcatraz boom okay we're yeah. dealing some damage we're gaming all right let me uh go with one more here's Tyrion's journal i think is a card that could probably show up in in you know red black sack it's two mana artifact that sack an artifact or creature you tap sacrifice a creature draw a card activate as a sorcery or you can pay two and discard your hand which can be zero cards to transform it and it becomes a land that can add for black or it can tap to let you cast a creature spell from your graveyard this turn if you do come back as a vampire with a finality counter on it yeah i think this card in rakdos sack is like kind of cute i think it's gonna like fill the same role as like bank buster did in the sideboard like you just bring yeah, it in the grindy yeah. matchups like i don't think this is my main deck card i think this is less sideboard card and i think that's it's still a grindy good. draw card you know, it's cheaper than Bankbuster. I think this is definitely an upgrade versus Bankbuster. And then the fact that, you know, 
you flip it over once once you run out of cards in hand you just flip it over and you start casting cards in your graveyard you know bringing back your most important stuff could be big yeah and the fact that the discard your hand transform it isn't like a only activate as a sorcery which they keep putting on cards these days uh makes it a lot better Yep, you can end step this and then untap and be able to start casting spells. Mm-hmm. Recasting devils. Yeah, mostly devils. Mayhem devils all day. I mean, hopefully. No, nah, dude, hear me out, okay? We start recasting Cauldre Familiars. <laughs> hey, whatever whatever it takes sometimes. All right. I got the last two card. honorable oh. mentions. Oh, unless you got something. I have one more. Uh, you're, it's obviously probably a card you're even going to talk about. Uh, med- metif- Medific Drought? I don't know. The, the 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 mental the mental is uh, strong today. Uh, one on a black artifact when it enters the battlefield or is put into a graveyard uh, from the battlefield. You draw a card and lose one life. We got Icar Wellspring and Pioneer. Um, mm-hmm. What does that do for the format? I don't know. I, I haven't. The commander player in you is excited, right? Uh, yeah, the commander player. No, it's the Yorion player in me. The ooh, I want to flicker this thing. <laughs> um, I don't know what it does. I don't know if there's like we're gonna be throwing this thing at people, but. It, it exists in the format now, and I think uh, Popper, obviously, it's going to make a little bit more of an impact. But I mean, value-wise, you know, we got that that um, that gnome, and we got this. We have the we got the journal, white, but that black-white decks we were talking about recently that sacrifice permanence and stuff like that. Mm, yeah, maybe. we can bargain it. There you go. Braves. For, yeah, okay, to, you to could, the siege. Um, you could, uh, what, what's that cringe enchantment that's awesome? Cringe that enchantment. One? The, the two white and a black. Doom <laughs> I figured it out. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah something like that. Or Beseech, right? Beseech is also yeah, an artifact. Yeah. Ja, ja, ja. All right. All right. Let's move on to red. Outs? I think well, there's a lot of We got I had two shout outs. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's let Ryan. Real quick. Yeah, shout um, out. Because otherwise I can't really say anything. I liked, uh, was it Fanatical Offering is another, uh, oh, I forgot. What's the one from Adventure in the Forgotten Realms? I can't remember the name. Um, no. But it's the... Uh, one in a black instant, sacrifice a creature uh, or artifact, draw two cards, create a map token. The other one created... Village wait. rights. I think no, 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 no. What's create two treasure tokens when you sacrifice Oh, Deli Dispute. Creature? Yeah, it's basically that. You get to draw two cards and create a map token instead of a, uh, a treasure token. Um, maybe not as good, but hey, now you have eight of those effects. And then the other thing that I really liked, just because I, the, you know, the discard player in me, Skull, Cap, Snail... Uh, we have a lot more cards that can exile straight from the hand. You know, we, so this is mm-hmm. a one in a black one one. Enters the battlefield, target opponent exiles a card from their hand. Better than discarding in this format, I think, just because we want to get rid of stuff instead of, you know, for example, giving the Abzan player uh, uh, an out for their their Parhelion. But um, yeah, I think those cards could be neat in some decks. That's all I wanted mm-hmm. to say. Okay, let's move on to red cards. Yeah. We gotta get quick here. We got this, boys. All right. Uh, I will start us off with another. Um, so we've been getting some very cool cards for the tribes of Ixalan. Is this one's a dinosaur? This is two mana, three two trample, the belligerent yearling. Mm. Uh, whenever another dinosaur enters the battlefield under your control, you can have belligerent yearling base power become equal to that creature's base power until end of turn. Uh, I don't know if dinosaurs can be a deck, but this is an absolute beater if it is. So, uh, just that's just you know my little quick shout out to. It. I do think it's, it's a very solid like two it. drop. It's a very solid two drop for the archetype. Um, I, yeah. Jump on one. Yeah. Go for it. 
I don't know if it's actually in there. Uh, didn't want to jump on you. Yeah, okay. Bonehard Dracosaur I heard people talking about. Um, just because it's a value engine. It's a five, uh, five flying first strike uh, dinosaur dragon for three and two, two red. Um, and at the beginning of your upkeep, you exile the top two cards of your library and you can play them this turn. If you exile a land, this this way you get a 3-1 uh, dinosaur creature token. And if you exile another land, you create a treasure token. So this just seems, again, it's a great mid-range card. You know, every turn you get two cards, you get two cards, you get two cards. You know, if it sticks around, it's going to be very powerful. Yeah, I think the yeah. I think I think what really changed my idea on cards like this is Shield Thread because like I think we all thought that card was really bad on spoilers because we were like, oh, it doesn't do anything. It's a four mana, no ETB, blah blah blah, no value. And I think we kind of have to like look at that through that lens. Like we missed Shield Thread. All of us missed Shield Thread. Mm-hmm. We didn't think it would be as powerful as it was. And do we think that like I th- I think the thing that we got to think about is like its ETB was opponent loses two when they draw on their on their turn and like continuously loses mm-hmm. two. Now, this, I think I want to rate a little bit higher because it is Exile 2, and whatever you're getting, you're also getting more value. Like, land cards are poop to hit, but now if they're poop to hit, you're getting a 3-1 at least. And if you're hitting a non-land card, you're hitting a treasure. You're getting more value and treasure tokens mm-hmm. to be able to cast them. I do think this card is a lot better than what people are giving it credit for, but I still don't think it's Pioneer playable. <laughs> I like it better than Goldsmith yeah. Dragon. Yeah, but Goldsmith Dragon doesn't see play either, sadly, right now. Yeah, I think that that's a fair way to put it. Is like, I'm just trying to think like, if you let your opponent untap with this twice, there is no chance of ever winning that game, right? Yeah, yeah. So like, it. it but if they untap with it once, maybe it's you know, the, it's good enough where it's not quite a like. If it untaps with it once, you win. But it's definitely if you untap with it twice. Uh, but that that's still a decent card. I could see it maybe, but it's definitely. You know the five drop dinosaur or the five drop dragon spot is a little bit contested. Yeah, like if this card more interested in, in a dinosaur. If this card was busted, I would be surprised. But if it isn't, uh, I called it. <laughs> uh, talking about cards, uh, trumpeting ca- carnosaur, uh, four mana red red uh, drag or sorry dinosaur seven six trampler. When it enters the battlefield, discover five two and a red discard this card. It deals three damage to target creature or planeswalker. I just like this card because I play a lot of fires. Because, like, Discover is pretty good with fires. Because uh, if, if you don't have anything to cast... Uh, sorry, if you don't have the fires in play, this card's a lot better. If you have the fires in play, you can draw the card if you want to cast it. Just, like, Discover into an online card. Draw it. Mm-hmm. Not Don't have to cast it. Or you can just three your opponent. Or, sorry, a three your three a creature. Sorry. Uh, three a creature or a Planeswalker. And just, like, have it be, like, a pseudo-removal spell. And I do think that the Discover mechanic is very powerful. And I think this is one of the more better Discover cards that was printed. But I still don't think it has a home. So, sadly, it's probably going to oh, be I, pushed I think away. It'll, well, I'll talk about it in a combo deck later. So, yeah. I'll save it for then. Yeah, I saw that combo deck. I, uh, that combo deck was sick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go for it, though. Uh, pick a card. Any card. Uh, I'll go with uh, oh, how do you pronounce these? It's like Oher, right? Uh, yeah, Oher, maybe yeah. Oher Oxanil, uh, deepest might. This is one of the first cards that was spoiled, and I feel like people because it was spoiled so early, it hasn't been getting much talk about it. But it's a four-four God for four. Trample if a red source would deal an amount of non-combat damage less than uh, Oher's power to an opponent, that source deals damage equal to its power instead. So. There was kind of a deck, this Cavalcade of Calamity or whatever it was called. Like, whenever you attack with a creature, you do one damage to the opponent. 
Um, and all of those like creatures would do similar things where like, oh, when it taps, it does one damage to the opponent. That makes this guy makes all of those into four damage attacks, um, which is kind of insane. He also, if he dies, comes back as a land that can flip back over into him later. Mm. Yeah, Scorch Spirit gets a lot better. Caval- Cavalier Calamities gets a lot better with Cavalcade this card. Cavalcade of Calamity? Yeah. That card gets a lot <laughs> better. Like I-, I only ever think of Raid Bombardment, but that one that one's the one that's Pioneer Legal. So um, you're the one you <laughs> mentioned. Uh, I- I- I'm not very high on a lot of these gods. I think this is the second best one for the format. But uh, oh, I-, I do think it is like probably playable a bit, but Monorite Aggro has just been so bad for so long. So who knows? Hmm. Uh, maybe I shouldn't talk about breaches. I'm going to shout out breaches because I think that's a card that's kind of above rate, and you know I, I don't want to call it though the red. Um, oh god, what's the green glissa? Yeah, this is almost the red glissa. Almost, <laughs> it's it's glissa at home. Yeah, it's glissa at home. I mean, it's okay. So I'll, I'll read it off. It's three mana, three three first strike pirate. Um, when it, whenever a pirate you control attacks. Choose one that has been chosen to turn, make a treasure, exile the top card of your library and play this turn, or target creature can't block this turn. So, like, a 3-3 first strike that when it attacks makes a creature not be able to block is a beater and a half. And the fact that you could also, you know, get card advantage or mana advantage, or sometimes get more than one of these, that's kind of cool. Cool. Uh, also worth shouting that this guy had, you know, partners with Malcolm that we talked about earlier. Yeah. The the old version of Breaches. Okay, true, go true. on. <laughs> uh, I'm quickly going to blow through a couple of these more cards. Uh, Goblin Tomb Raider, 1-2. One, one, uh, as long as you have an artifact, he gets plus 1-0 in haste. I'm telling you, someone at Watsy loves Thraven Inspector so much that they're printing all these cards for Thraven Inspector. I don't get it. This is another one of these cards. But they need to print more Thraven Inspectors in order to, to turn these well, guys I just on. printed all their in Epic here, so I'm just saying somebody likes these cards and so they keep printing cards for this archetype but i do think this card is like actually kind of fine in these decks uh because something that uh convoke was missing is like this haste damage this kill you out of nowhere damage uh minus like the, the when you just get whacked but like the whack you can kind of like start to see from a mile away we don't have like this like incremental chip damage that happens and goblin tomb raider does allow for that so maybe maybe is my answer um and then i'm gonna quickly blow through uh in inti uh something of the sun uh one one in a red two two human knight uh whenever you attack you may discard a card if you do put a plus one plus one counter on target attacking creature it gains trample until end of turn whenever you discard one or more cards exile the top card of your library you may play that card until your next end step so this card is just something that accrues value and like gives things trample uh and buffs things um i don't think this card is that great because it doesn't pass the stomp check but maybe I mean, if you attack with it once, it does. But yeah, it's not perfect like that. I think people were really excited about this. I'm medium on it. I don't love the fact that you don't you don't get guaranteed value from discarding something. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of cards like that fall short before. It do. Uh, but I hope that this will be one day good in something like a madness shell. So I'm excited for it. Is there any other red cards you want to talk about? Uh, I think I want to shout out Shahili's Lattice. I think that it seems like there could be a combo with it. Um, you know, it's. Two mana enters the battlefield, you discard a card if you do draw two cards, which like we've seen similar cards see play just for that ability. But then you can craft with one or more dinosaurs for five. You exile any number of dinosaurs from your graveyard, and then it flips into a creature that has power total power equal to all of the exiled cards. Yeah, maybe you fling so if it. you can you know Yeah, exactly. And then you just fling like this tw- this 30-30 creature at somebody. 
or you know if you have the uh if you're running this in the same deck as the you know the similar one the enchantment that you discard a card and draw to that gives them haste that seems like also an option um i guess i had two kind of honorable mentions real quick i'm not sure if we talked about this last time but magmatic galleon it's the uh five five uh vehicle for three and two red and when it enters the battlefield deals five damage to target creature and opponent controls. I know it's not as going to be as good in boats as like uh, you know Sky Sovereign or anything like that, but um, maybe a good sideboard card to get around. Um, I mean, to kill uh, Shieldred, maybe. Yeah. Uh, you know, five seems like it's been becoming a pretty important amount of damage to be dealt, um, and you get treasure tokens whenever. You uh, deal excess damage, so I guess and maybe that's not as important. But hey, maybe a cyborg card. Uh, and then the other thing was the uh, the other one mana uh, red card for uh, heroic again. Uh, there's one that destroys. Where is it at? Just saw it. it destroys artifact. Is it plus two plus two and trample? Uh, and if it's if it deals, okay, there it goes. It's called Dreadma Dreadmaw's ire. It's an instant for one one red. And it says, till the end of turn, attacking creature gets plus two plus two trample, and whenever this creature deals combat damage, destroy target artifact that player controls. Maybe a sideboard card in heroic, you know, instead of playing on a braid or something like that, you know, you, you have this instead. Yeah, I think the new one that adds a monster uh, ability kind of replaced that for me. Like, you kind of want, you really want trample, but I think that's the best trample enabler, okay. uh, and that's the part that I'm most interested in. You know, maybe if you want to destroy artifacts, but I don't know how... You could always run like wear and tear or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, I did have one more red card that I think is really important here, actually. Go for it. Zoyola's Justice. This is two mana instant. Owner of target artifact or creature with mana value one or greater. Shuffles it into their library. Then that player discovers X where X is its mana value. Um, this seems like a fantastic option for red decks against mono green. Mm. You know, if you shuffle in their old growth troll, if you shuffle in their uh cavalier they're not getting their death trigger and they're gonna you know most of the time they're gonna hit an elf or they're gonna hit an oath of nissa uh, you know there's a lot of kind of misses in those decks uh i think that this could you know i think this seems really good in those matchups i think that this could be very much a pioneer card yeah, yeah I, I like it it's neat uh should we move on to green we've got green and then still multicolored and, then, and yeah uh, artifacts yeah. and stuff Starting right into green here, let's go with our first green card, which is going to be, um, I'm going to go ahead and shout out one that I think is just a strong, maybe could show up somewhere card, is Sentinel of the Nameless City. This is that new Merfolk, it's 3 mana, 3, 4 Vigilance, and when it enters or attacks, you may create a map token, which you can kind of just use to keep growing this guy. Uh, I don't have a specific home for this, but I feel like this is just way above rate, and some kind of Coco deck could probably use this. Yeah, I don't know. We've been getting a lot of these like three mana, three four, give them random text type cards uh, with a lot of these sets. Like there was the one that uh returned an adventure card, exile a graveyard, or something like that, and that card hasn't been broken into the format. So I'm not really impressed by That's this true. card's stats, but I do think it is like a good solid creature for limited. It'll ruin someone's day there, but I, I don't see this breaking into pioneer sadly. Okay, where do you want to go ahead with with green? Uh, I wanted to, before I before. Can I say something real quick? Go for I it. think sure. we should just talk about Merfolk in general. Like, has I know there's a lot of Merfolk in this set. 
has it addressed the problems that Merfolk had in the last set? Like, are any of these playable? Are they just not like, you know, merging, not merging well, like, you know, uh, working well with what's available already? Or, or are they going in a totally different, totally different direction? What do you guys think about Merfolk in general in this, this set? Um, I don't think Merfolk has gotten enough upgrades to be able to be playable. Cause like it needs like a format identity and it just doesn't really have one. Like in modern, it's like, I'm going to island walk and then control the board, make it really hard to attack and, you know, cast these free spells to counter your cards and things like that. And uh, we don't have that in Pioneer. Pioneer Merfolk to me is kind of like this dorky mid-range creature pile. It just doesn't really have like an identity and nothing mm. in this set really added to it to give it an identity. Like maybe the... I mean, I think it's... I think it's... Maybe the blue enchantment, but... More aggressive than that. I wouldn't call it like a dorky mid-range because they've got like some of the best one drops of any of the you know typical strategies mm. we've got and they've got like three lords at two mana uh i think the issue is kind of that they don't have Abilities. any kind of interaction yeah and um, that's really the issue like, there is like there's no good removal there's yeah. no thought sees equivalent and that's what all of the black decks get to have with their typical strategies you know humans gets to have thalia to at Spirits least you know slow down any kind of interaction there I mean, I think what it needed is like some kind of uh, some kind of um, merfolk that just like taps guys down whenever you play something like a blue one. Is that what that does? Whenever you play, uh, it's on merfolk, it taps a creature. Yeah, or untaps a creature. Yeah, so something like that, maybe. Yeah, maybe, but I I I just don't think it has that identity. But anyway, you got a green card you want to talk about? I'll I'll try it. Yeah, Yeah, go ahead. No, no green cards want to talk Anyways, about? Anyways, it's just probably safe to say that we don't need to talk about any merfolk. I think there's some interesting ones, but I don't think they're not going to be. Well, as playable. long as we're talking about mer- you know, let, let's go with one more that you were just kind of alluding to is Cenote Scout is a one mana, you know, it's a one one, but when it enters the battlefield, it explores. So, you know, two out of three times, it's going to put a plus one plus one card on itself. The rest of the time, it's going to draw you a card. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the second one mana two two that Merfolk has, and like I said, they have like three lords mm. and two mana, so they're gonna be swinging for two for three on turn two a lot of the time. I just don't know if that goes. I, I don't know if that's enough. Mm. I just don't think that that's quite enough. When like if the opponent just plays removal spell, removal spell, removal spell, draw three, like there's no way to get back from that. Yeah, or removal spell, removal spell, Shouldred. There's no way to get back. Yeah, from that. yeah. Yeah, I think Merfolk's sub-identity being like a lot of this explore stuff within Ixalan will make it so that some Merfolks will end up seeing play like Jade Light Ranger and uh, Merfolk Branchwalker. But outside of those, like we just we will we will never be able to see like Merfolk mm. be like an actual like Merfolk style deck. I mean, maybe that. So do you, do you think that um, Jade Light Ranger is better than the Sentinel of the Nameless City? Cause easily, I, I I would think it's the other way around. Easily, I think it's easily better. The immediate effect of being able hmm. to do two uh, explorers with the chance of dying to stomp doesn't really matter for it, right? Like, you also have to think of it like it. this card needs four mana for it to be like an explorer effect. And all you really want from these merfolks is the explorer effect. Like, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't really matter that it's like, sorry, it matters that it's like a map token. You know, I have to spend more mana to be able to get these explorers. Daylight Ranger just comes in and does the thing, right? Um, I. Okay. I, I mean, I do want to say, yeah, the Explorer, I could definitely see uh, maybe getting some more play with that new combo that we're probably going to talk about in a little bit here. But, um, yeah. Right. Other than that, I don't think... All right, let's move day. on here. We yeah, got to finish go up green. You guys go next. Yeah, yeah, we got some green cards. Uh, I'll go. I'll go with Ixalan, Lorekeeper. Um, it's 
So it's a one mana, one one, uh, and then it taps to add a mana of any color, spend this mana to cast a dinosaur spell, or activate a dinosaur, an ability of a dinosaur source. Uh, disappointing mana dork, sadly, but I mean, I think there is a chance that if dinosaurs become like this multicolored deck, I think that this card is like the backbone of it. However, we've only really seen dinosaurs be like this red-green strategy, so mm-hmm. maybe Elvish Mystic is still better in those decks, but I think that if we start to become Naya, this card becomes a lot more appealing. I, I like it. Yeah, I think that's... You and I were talking about this card quite a bit, and that didn't get recorded, unfortunately, but that's definitely kind of where I was leaning towards. Is what's I've asked, been asking for a while for us to see these kind of, like, creature-type-specific monodorks, because I think that's a great strategy, but my issue is that even if you, you know, for the most part, unless you really, really care about this fixing your mana, this is going to be your ninth through 12th copy of Elvish Mystic in that deck. But you're not going to replace an Elvish Mystic with this guy because you'd still rather be able to, you know, tap that Elvish Mystic to cast another dork or to activate your man land, like, you know, channel your Besaju, whatever it is, all the stuff that Ixali's Lorekeeper can't do. So it's really just like, even if you have the dinosaur strategy it's still not better than what we already have, and that's kind of the issue with it for me. I still like it better than the 1-1 uh, one, one that gets, becomes a 3-3 three, three if you have a dinosaur in play that was like 2 mana. Yeah, that one's obviously better than that. That one scales faster. Yeah, there's a lot of 2-mana yeah, dinos two mana. now. So, like, I, I just, like, you know, I was looking at some dinosaur lists, and I saw a red-green dinosaur list, and they were running, like, 6 of the elves. So I'm like, okay, if you're only running 6 of the elves, you're not going to be adding six more copies to put this yeah. card in so I, I don't think it's gonna really show up unless if we can find something that's a dinosaur deck that really does have those mana requirements you know playing like a triple white spell or something crazy like that yeah i can agree with that and that's sad yeah, i really want this that's card sad. to be good but, oh well kevin you wanna go with the next one then sure i want to shout out one that i i'm you know i was shocked when this was uh, revealed is Glimpse the Core. One to green for a sorcery. Search your library for basic forest card, put it on the battlefield tapped, and shuffle, and it also can return a cave from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. Uh, but this is the first of its kind as far as Pioneer goes. We have not seen a two-mana ramp spell uh, other than like Ruin in Their Wake, which I'm not going to count because I'm the kind of hmm. person who's tried to make that work and hasn't. Uh, this, let's just say this is the only two-mana ramp spell in the format, and uh, that's kind of exciting, but I'm also like, has it already just been power crept out? Like, does this have any way to see play in Pioneer? I'm I'm of the opinion that this has already been power crept out. I think that uh, if Pioneer wants like a two mana go find a land type deal, like those kind of cards, like it has to be Farseek. Like we need mm-hmm. we need something that's going to mm-hmm. end up supporting like Tribal rather than just like or sorry Tribal being like five color type decks like with whatever like kind of land it is. Uh, versus like oh you get a basic land like ba- basic domain land yeah the domain yeah. Uh, basic land is just like awful like why like like yeah. it, it, it's not gonna do anything like uh. yeah not just basic land but basic forest so this can't mana fix it can't find a triome no. um would this have been better yeah if it had been like a, a forest plains or um you know a mountain because you know those are kind of like dinosaur naya colors right yeah, like, if this could have got, like, a basic land of any choice, then, like, maybe this would see play, but this just gets a basic forest. Or if it even said, if it said forest and didn't say basic oh, yeah. forest, it if would If it be said fine. forest, it would be nuts, but it, it says basic forest, or if it said a basic of any kind, I think it would be good. But the fact that we got the short end of the stick on both ends of the text, yeah, this card's not going to yeah. see play. Yeah. I think back when, you know, um, what is the two-mana dork, uh... 
why did my brain just Two lose it dork? entirely? Which one? That taps for any oh, color. Nistrid, uh, Sylvanad, Yes, yeah, Sylvan Caryatid. There we go. I think back when Sylvan Caryatid was a staple part of the Pioneer format, this card could have probably shown up and been good. But I kind of feel like Caryatid's not showing up that much anymore. You know, I know that I'm talking to one of the person that does like to play those kind of decks. Yeah, no. but Caryatid is just not as popular as it was. And uh, it's yeah. just not good. Okay. Um, what else do you guys have in green? I don't have too um, much I need to talk can about. Can I talk real Go quick about Twists and Turns? It's the uh, one mana green no. enchantment. It says if you would explore. <laughs> Uh, instead, scry went and then explore. Sorry, yeah, a creature basically. Um, and then um, it enters the battlefield. Uh, you get to explore a creature you control. And then when a land enters the battlefield under your control, if you have seven or more, you get to transform it. Its backside is uh, at green or tap four mana and tap it to look at the top four cards of your library and reveal a creature card from among them, and then put that card into your hand. So. Um, you know, everyone's been talking about that Wild Growth Walker combo. Um, it's probably going to be like Abzan Colors uh, with the with that new Vampire, which we'll talk about in a little bit here. And I think this is a good way to find that combo. Um, you know, that's kind of like a, a cool way to kind of also and then not only find the combo if you don't have the cards yet, but also to um, keep the, how can I say, uh, to, to have activating, a way to activate the combo with uh, with the Explorer. Because uh, yeah, basically, you know, if you guys don't know about it, we'll go into it more, in more depth a little in a little bit here. Uh, it's whenever you explore, uh, she gets like yeah. Well, why don't you why don't you wait? Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But up. but anyways, um, I, I don't think this is that exciting though. I I think it has uh, well, potential. We'll see, but... I think it's going to be in that deck with all I... the other you know, for example. Don't think so. Merfolk explore that would be a card that goes in there. Yeah, I sadly don't yeah. think this card makes it because you are a Coco deck and you need to think like, okay, so my, if yeah. I'm a Coco deck, like if I'm running cards that do don't that get way, hit by yes. Coco, what's I, I need good hits, and okay. I, I and I like if you're running these like one mana cards that don't really have like a lot of effects or like a lot, they they need to be very good, and I don't think mm-hmm. this passes the threshold to where I dilute my Cocos. Okay, that's at least my take. Yeah. All right. Uh, in green, I, you know, I wanted to shout out Splunking. Yeah, it's three mana. It makes your lands enter the battlefield untapped, and when it enters, you get to draw a card, and you can put a land from your hand on the battlefield. And if that was a cave, you gain four life, but I don't know if any of the caves look like they're playable. So mostly this is like, you know, three mana replaces itself, gives you an extra land drop, and then uh, lands under the battlefield untapped. Like, is there a deck that wants this? Does Lotus Field? Like, I know Lotus Field really wouldn't want it, even like the blue white version. There's people talking about this in Lotus Field, and I just don't get it. It doesn't make a lot of sense okay. to me. I think the only the only meme deck that I could see getting better is Gates with this, because Gates' problem was that all your cards mm. entered tapped. Uh, but still, Gates is so far removed from seeing play. So I don't I don't think this yeah. is going to make any meaningful impact. But to the one Gate player that's listening to the podcast, congrats, you got a new card. Hey, there um, we go. Okay. I got some more jank that I think people will appreciate. I don't think it'll see play, but it'll def- not, it won't see play in the, um, how can I say, competitive field, but I definitely think people will be playing these, uh, like their FNMs. Well, give give the card a shout out. And yeah. if you, you know, just real quick. Bedrock Tortoise, yeah. uh, the 06. Hmm. It's basically for the um, Assault Formation deck. Uh, it's another creature that does damage with its toughness instead of its power, except during your turn. All your creatures have hexproof, which is a nice way to protect them. So I think, hey, that's another fun card for those people who like those types of janky decks. Okay. 
I should be anything else in green before we move it's on. It's the god. We got, we got the Osier Kalsma, the deepest growth. So for three and two green, uh, it's a six five trampler. Uh, and then whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you may reveal that many cards on top of your library. You may put a creature card and or a land card from among them onto the battlefield. Put the rest wow. in the bottom of any order. Or sorry, in a random order. Uh, when it dies, you know, it, you return it as a land. So, and then I think its activated ability is like you need like 10 permanents or something like that. So it's not going to flip back that often. But um, anyways. Uh, I, I don't think the flip back is too difficult. It's definitely. The front side is a little slow. For I me. think this card is not at all slow. I think this card, you like this card. If I think ramping into this as mono green over Cav, uh, it kind of does the same thing. But it allows for a little bit more of a setup because it puts the card into play untapped. So if you just like hit the Nykthos, or if you like, this can also hit Nykthos, right? Uh, you or you can hit like Gold uh, Growth Troll. You can also hit like um, wow. Halucranos. You can put into play like Cav. Like you, you this you can run. You, this is like the flex slot, and you get more triggers off of your Kioras. This also gets hit off Storm. Like mm -hmm. this in Mono Green might actually be like a little bit more of a split and kind of like rival in the five drop slot for like I think this might be like a two of with like Cap being a three of now. Obviously, it's one less devotion, but this card does continuously put cards into play and is really good at attacking because it also has Trample, which a lot of this deck had problems with because like it was only Old Growth Troll that had Trample. So I I, I do think this card is quite yeah, good. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sold for it in mono green at all. I think that, you know, it's a lot worse stats not having reach. It doesn't give you the ability immediately. It doesn't give you as much when you kill it. It doesn't, you know, fill up your graveyard to find the, uh, and what a storm of the festivals. Like, I, I think that if we had an aggro version of green again, like back when you were, you know, trying to just kind of beat down with big green things, I could be more interested in it there, but I'm not not into it for uh for mono green there's not really another green deck that's gonna be running five drops particularly well we'll see i know i'm right so you can't get away on that one okay Th yeah that's me being negative uh can i start us off in multi i had one more jank card i wanted to talk about real quick i just want to talk about yeah just give it a Budget shout out explorer's cash one in a green artifacts uh you get two counters when it comes into play uh and uh, if a creature yeah, you control nice. with a plus one counter on it dies you get to put a counter on it uh, so it's going to always have counters, and then you can move these counters back and forth. So it has tap, move a counter from Explorer's Cache onto the target creature, but it's a sorcery. Um, but I just think it's it's a cool, you know, you're just, uh, it's a weaker Arcbound Ravager of sorts, you know, and it's uncommon. I think weaker Ozolith yeah, is probably more Ozolith, fair, but yeah, is. I think that's cool. It's, um, I don't think we've got a scales home right now, but All right, I I'm going to lead us off in a multicolor, um, and I'm going to talk about this vampire that... You know, I know I already tweeted out. We've already been alluding yeah. to it a couple times this episode. Um, I've been calling her Abba. Uh, it's Amalia Benavides Aguirre uh, or something like that. Um, that pronunciation is probably a mess. But it's this two-mana vampire explorer or er, vampire scout. She's got ward, pay three life, which you know doesn't do too much, but it can slow some people down. And then what her ability is that whenever um, you gain life, she explores. And then if she has twenty exactly 20 power, you destroy all other creatures. So the way this works is that Wild Growth Walker. Uh, Wild Growth Walker, whenever you explore, you gain life. So if you have her and Wild Growth Walker in play, you either gain a life or you explore. And then you explore, gain three life, explore, gain mm. three life. And this will continue until she gets up to 20 power and destroy everything, including the Wild Growth Walker. And now you've you know gained let's say 60 something life you've put a bunch of cards into your graveyard you've set up the top of your deck and you've got a 20 power attacker in play with no creatures in the board you know on the field so 
this is you know this can win as early as turn three with this deck and what i really really like about this is that it's a creature based combo deck which i've kind of been asking for mm. for a while we haven't had in pioneer just like a you know cre- you know we don't have something like the devoted druid combo or the kitchen finks combo and this is something that you know we can coco for it we can cord for it it's just something that we can kind of like naturally happen into our deck and i really really like that i've been looking for something like that in pioneer yeah i agree um, I, I think- my question go ahead no you go ahead I was going to say, my question is, how would you build this deck? Would you just build it with a whole bunch of other... Like you said, it's a Coco deck with just a bunch of creatures. Could you also build it another way? Like I said, with that enchantment that I was talking about. And I think there was another one, uh, another like one-man enchantment from the original Ixalan that also is like, explore, you know, your creature explorers. Um, like, would you just do that? Let me let uh, Ashok yeah. make his comment first, and then we can uh, I, I can even just respond to that. I think I think that's just, like, not going to end up working out. I think you want to be this more, like, hate bears you Coco type deck, like, with some interaction, with some, like... Like, you only end up wanting to run, like, I think 10 Explore creatures, if that. Like, you don't want that many dilute, dilutation of, like, uh, Explore. Because, like, Explore is not the most powerful mechanic we've ever seen. It is, like... No. It's okay. Yeah. Like it's it's decent. Pl- I wouldn't say it's like unplayable, but like it's pretty okay. Um, and and so like we can't be running like thirty explorers and just have our our entire deck be like this explorer style deck where we just like oops into this combo. Like we do need some ways to find this combo. And like there are some like creatures that do help hate and help slow the game down. We'll be talking about in a little bit short and a, a little bit. Uh, but I do really think that this combo it's like something that is real in Pioneer. I do think it's something that's going to be good. Um, I don't know if it's going to be like tier one breakthrough uh it might settle somewhere around tier two because like i can see this deck being like really good against the aggro decks um obviously you kind of have to fight through reckless rage from heroic mm-hmm. but I, I don't think that's like the biggest problem for this deck um i think it just like it'll poo poo on um lotus field and like these control decks probably if we like have the good hate bears like we can run like uh like i don't know we could be the thalia coco deck or we can run this card that i'll talk about in a second uh but i do think this deck will very 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 struggle against like red black um i i think i think it just depends on how its resiliency and how it built how it ends up getting built but with the core idea i do think that there's like a good chance that this becomes like a tier two i want to say strategy within pioneer Mm -hmm. yeah that was kind of going to be my answer as well is that i would want this to be less focused on being an all-in combo deck and more of a like, hey, you know, I'm uh, aggressive creatures, I'm disruptive, I'm going to gain some life, remove your creatures, and, oh, I can happen to into, go, you know, I can just happen to, for my Coco to hit this combo and win the game. So you have to always be holding up your removal for that. Yeah. You kind of, like, make them... All right, uh, Ashok, you want to grab another uh, multi Yeah, I'll card? talk about something that I was going to talk about with the, with the combo or anything like that. Another card I want to run with the Abzan deck, which is Cutzil uh, Melament Exemplar. One Slesnia Mana. Uh, for a legendary creature, Cat Warrior, 3-3, three, three. your opponents can't cast spells during your turn. Whenever one or more creatures you, you control, uh, e- sorry, whenever one or more creatures you control, each with power greater than its base power, deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. So this this card kind of like turns on our explore creatures, like uh, like our J Light Ranger if it has a counter, or our uh, Branch Walker if it gets a counter, um, our Wild Ghost Walkers. Like a lot of these, like a lot of our cards end up like wanting to get counters. Um, and so this is already just going to trigger a few times and draw at least one or two cards, which is like pretty, pretty mm-hmm. dope, honestly. And the fact that it just got your opponents can't cast spells during your turn stapled to it. Yeah. Chef's kiss. Thank God. Uh, that I do. It protects the combo, right? It does protect the combo. I think, yeah. I think this card is like going to be a part of the backbone else? of like everything of this deck. 
And it's an uncommon. Uncommon legendary. And it's a cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Shadow Burnout's Burnout's got a friend. But I do think that this card is like going to see play in that deck, and it is going to be very good. Okay, yeah. I think so. I think that would make a lot of sense as well. Uh, what about you, Ryan? You want to grow with a multicolored card here? I really only have two cards that I want to talk about, and sure. I know you guys. I know you wanted me to talk about Isquint. Is that how you say it? Isquint? I'd just be like, "Hey, it's Quint." Yeah, first born of Gishath. Um, it's a two-three haste dinosaur, legendary, um, and it only costs a red and a green. And you were like, "Hey, does this fit in the Bard class?" Uh, I don't know. I mean, because if you have Bard class out. It is going to be free, and you can pay the two mana to deal two damage to something. And it is a haster. Two damage, because it's equal to its power. Oh, deal this power. Okay. Oh, okay, wait, wait. I thought it was two damage. Okay, so it'd be three damage then. It's damage to its power, and it's actually any dinosaur. So if you have other dinosaurs that... If you had a dinosaur deck, I could care about that. Uh, But in card class, it'll be three. Yeah, it would just be three. Yeah, three there. So, okay, I guess it's not too bad. It's all right. Three damage is something. I mean, the deck doesn't really have any way to interact with other players. You just want to basically make a whole bunch of creatures and attack uh, so that they can't block them. So this might maybe, I mean, I'd have to try it out. It's worth testing out. But um, yeah, I got another one, but you guys can talk about yours first, and then I'll talk about my jank. Yeah, go for it, Kev. Sure, I'm going to jump down, and I'm going to go with uh, Quintorius Cond is a card that I'm uh, actually really excited about. This is the Planeswalker from the set, and it's the only Planeswalker from the set. Uh, you know, it's a five-mana red-white Planeswalker when you cast a spell from exile, it deals two damage to each opponent, and you gain two life. It can plus one to make a three-two spirit. It can minus three to discover four, and it can minus six to exile a number of fiber cards from your graveyard, add a red mana for each one, and you can play them this turn. Um, there's a few places that I'm excited about this card, like multiple places I want to try it out. Uh, I think that it might be potentially a like sideboard card for Pia decks. Uh, I want to kind of just try this card as like a mid-range, you know, Jeskai deck with stuff like Bonecrusher Giant and things to trigger it, and that sounds like fun to me. Uh, but then more than anything else, I'm excited about this as a potential combo deck. Um, what you can do is that Discover 4, if you only have cards that in your deck that it can find which will copy Quintorius Cond, uh, then what you can do is you discover four, you find one of those copies, that casts something from exile, you drain for two, you discover four with the copy, you find something else, you drain for two, and if one of those things is a... Um, uh, what is the name of the one that... Man, I am... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sorry, I've been really bad with card names today for some reason. Um, then what... Yeah, so if it's if one of those is a spark double, then you get to you know have multiple triggers each time. And you can just kill your opponent from full like this. And uh, I think that this card, I think that the six mana dinosaur also fits in that deck because it can just, you know, discover five, which will always find your Quintorius Cond. Um, and that seems like it's a deck at least worth testing out. You know, if you want to hear about that, uh, find me in the Discord because I've definitely been playing around with where the flex slots in that deck go. Yeah, I've seen the deck. I, I've tried to think of how to make it better. Uh, I really can't. Uh, it definitely isn't like something that you're gonna see like top eight or pro tour, but it's something you're gonna see some guy crush some new guy with add F and M with, and you're gonna <laughs> make him real salty, and he's not gonna want to show up for a week. So, huh. well, I, I think someone will five zero, and then all of the streamers will be like, "Guys, you gotta check me check it out as I'm playing the new Quintorius Con deck," yeah. and then they'll play it for like a week, and then it'll fade away for yeah, a while. Exactly that. One of these flash in the pans. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. Speaking of flash in the pans, I got a card I'm going to talk about that I think might actually be like decent. Might might not be a flash in the pan, but probably will be. Um, the card 
okay, the yeah, card yeah. I'm moving on to is the Ancient One uh, for Demir mm. Mana. Uh, it's got Descend 8, uh, so it can't attack or block unless you have 8 permanent cards in your graveyard. Uh, it has an activated ability, 2, blue-black, draw a card, then discard a card. When you discard a card this way, target player mills cards equal to its mana value. Oh, by the way, forgot to mention, it's an 8-8. So we have a 2-mana 8-8 mm. that exists in the format, and how are we going to break it? Well, we got Streets of New Capanna, Ob's Nixilis. Uh, so we turn one Thoughtseize, we turn two Ancient One, we turn three, play the Ob's Nixilis, uh, and, and then we casualty the Ancient One, and then Ob's Nixilis has a minus seven uh, for the copy, so we get to draw seven cards and lose seven life, so we just immediately refill our hand. Uh, obviously, we can't hold so many cards, uh, so we're going to have to discard a few, but we basically sculpted our hand perfectly uh, in this deck. Uh, I also think that uh, something we could run alongside it is Shieldred. Uh, Shieldred, so we can gain the life if we want to draw those cards and not have to think about the, the losing seven life is like a huge drawback. Or we could target mm. our opponent if they're or. tapped out and make them draw seven cards and lose 21 life. Mm. Uh, that sounds fun. Spicy. Uh, I also think a really cool card that we can run with it is Voldaren Thrill Seeker. Uh, we can give this thing back up and put two counters on it and then 10 our opponent. That sounds quite powerful. Um, you know. Uh, see, I, I was going to talk about this card, and I knew that we had talked about the Abnix combo, but I was going to be like, oh, but what about Voldar and Thrillseeker? We could uh, make, you know, make this into a 10-10 and, and blast it at our opponent. all of it in the same deck. It all will work hmm. out. Trust me. Yeah. Now, now, can you also fit the Archfiend uh, Metamorphic Alteration? We're not playing Oops deck? All Combos in Grixis. I swear to God. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, all right. SMH. Um I'm going to go with uh, one more card that I think is definitely worth mentioning, and then we've got a few, like, you know, maybe side playable. Uh, the next one I'm going to say is Molten Collapse. It's just an upgrade to Dreadbore. So Dreadbore is red and a black sorcery to destroy a creature or planeswalker. This is red and a black sorcery to choose one, or if you descend to this turn, choose both, destroy a creature or planeswalker, or destroy a non-creature, non-land permanent, mana value one or less. So this can... You know, this can just be your Dreadbore with slight upside of sometimes you'd rather just choose and destroy their like their Oath of Nyssa or their, you know, clue token, their blood token, whatever it is that you need to destroy. Um, I think the big one would be like Witch's Oven. Sometimes you even get both and then it's just insane. Yeah, I think this by card might be the Chain of the Rocks killer. Uh, like uh, being able to destroy an opposing Chain of the Rocks as a Chain of the Rocks mm. player makes it so sad. Because, you know, we were always like, ha, that children's gone for forever because Red Black can't deal with this. And, well, now they can. No, but That's I wonder, yeah. wonder if Claudio has uh, tried this out in niv yet. Oh, uh, Claudio's probably already thought about this in niv 20 times. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, what else do you guys have in uh, I got some jank. And then that's like probably the last one I have, and you guys can talk about the rest. So, sure, can sure, I talk sure. about... Uh, Omnath Vampire, Vito Fanatic of Alcata, Al- 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 Sorry, I can't. You can't just say it's an Omnath Vampire. It you, is. You need to so sell it's a 4-4. Four, four. It's 4 mana. It's already like Omnath, right? It's 2 and a white and a black. Uh, it's a legendary vampire demon. He's got flying. And he's got 3 activated abilities. So it's, his first one is, if you sacrifice another permanent, you gain 2 life this turn, if it's the first time. And then if it's the second time, each opponent loses 2 life. And if it's a third time, you get a 4-3 white and black vampire demon creature with flying. So it's, it's like basically a vampire version of Omnath. And, you know, you're, I don't know, maybe I, we've been talking about these black-white sacrifice decks. I definitely think there's a, a, a shell out there for this. This would be a neat little card, maybe as like a two of or a three of, uh, you know, to put in there for a little bit extra oomph. I know you guys are going to hate it, but... I I'm just going to call you a commander card. player. That's really it. Yeah. It's a commander card. 
All right, if this drew a card when it enters the battlefield, then you can call yeah. it Omnath. Uh, I mean, you could sacrifice a card to draw there. two cards. Mm. They have those cards. No. And then it creates, no, it creates that's, a, uh, that's not card a treasure advantage. token, and then you sacrifice that. <laughs> but that's not card advantage. No, none of this here is card advantage. Okay. <laughs> we'll get there someday. Someday it'll be card advantage. Yeah. All right, uh, you got another shout-out uh, here? Yeah, I do. I got a Whale of the Forgotten. So for blue and a black, mm. sorcery, descend eight. So if you have eight or more permanent cards, this card gets a lot better. You get to choose one or more instead. Uh, but for right now, we're choosing one of these, whenever we're not descended. Uh, return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. Target player discards a card. Look at the top of your cards in your library, put one in your hand, the rest in the graveyard. So this card, on the worst it can be, is a uh, strategic planning. So it'll help fill later descends. Um, but when you do have Descend active, is it good enough? And I think it is. I think being able to return something and make them discard it, so basically a Divinra Horror, uh, is probably fine enough. Uh, obviously, it kind of gets a lot worse when your opponent knows about it and your opponent's playing around it. They're just going to start keeping lands in their hand. But, hey, you're at least, you know, being able to make a tempo swing and it's replacing itself, so your opponent's at least down two cards and maybe you can, like, not down a card and uh, down tempo because they have three cast the thing. And you're up a card, or card neutral, I guess, because you know, you're strategic planning into something else, and hopefully you win the game. I think this card is like fine, fine to fine decent. Uh, I think I think this might like see some play. I don't know where yet, but I do think the spell is very strong. I feel like I'm low on it. I just like eight is a lot to get through, and if I'm the kind of deck that's really wanting to descend hard, I don't know how many sorceries I can play in that deck. So like, I think I would rather be trying to find something like a Stitcher Supplier to let me put the cards in the, in the graveyard. Um, and that makes the whale a little bit awkward in that way. So I'm not high on it. I'm willing to see, you know, if I could find, like I've messed around with like Blueback Phoenix before, maybe I'd try it in there, but I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm on this. Dope. <laughs> uh, I'll shout out a different descend card though, is Squirming Emergence is three mana and it returns to battlefield target non-land permanent with mana value less than or equal to the number mm. of permanent cards in your graveyard. So that's, anything they you know, can't get a land but you know you can get an artifact you can get an enchantment most of all you can get a creature and this is really really cheap for a reanimation mm-hmm. spell so i'm not quite sure yet what we're bringing back with this but i feel like this is a really easy reanimation spell that i want to try yeah. out it's either gonna be really like good or a fault i don't know which it'll be <laughs> yeah yeah uh, i think the the last card shout out in multicolored is a uh is bartholomew I don't know his full text, but he's a Orzhov 2-1 legendary creature, vampire knight. Sacrifice another creature artifact, uh, put a 1-1 counter on him. So we got a free sacrifice outlet that can grow pretty quickly. Uh, it's also really good with like Return of the Ranks. Uh, it's like, it's not that it doesn't allow you to sacrifice himself, but eh, whatever. Um, yeah, we just have like a really good sacrifice fodder. Uh, sorry, something to sacrifice things too, uh, which hasn't really existed in Pioneer before. So shout out to that. Group. I mean, there was Rally the Ancestors, but I guess that never really existed. Yeah, so th- that's what I was going to say, is that if this was like seven years ago, <laughs> I would be like, oh my god, they finally broke Rally yeah. Ancestors. We've been asking for a cheaper, you know, a replacement for our three mana sacrifice outlets for forever. And uh, I don't quite think that this gets there. Yeah. You know, I am interested in trying it out, but I just don't like, it's not going to like break the format open like it would have if it was printed, you know, seven years ago or something like that. All right, I'm um, multicolored. Uh, anything else you want to shout out in multicolor? Nah, I'm here? good. I'm good. I was going to shout out Anne Impackle, but I don't need to talk about her. Okay. 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 Let's go to artifacts. Go for it. 
he, I don't have much. Uh, I was literally just going to shout out yeah. Threefold Thunder Hulk, literally because I was going to try playing a Godfrey's gift with it, and that's just pure jank. Uh, I don't have anything really in artifacts though that I care much about here. Um, I mean, I, just, I mean, I don't know if, if Ashai cares. I can just talk about these other two. Go for it. Ter- Soul Cleaver is a one mana uh, equipment. We always need more equipment. We do need good equipment, but. Hey, one man equipment's good. Uh, it gives your creature vigilance, and whenever another artifact or creature is put into the graveyard from the battlefield, you put a plus one plus one counter on that creature, and it has equipped too. So it seems like a neat way. You know, you can sacrifice stuff. Uh, you know, I I was playing the uh, the dwarves deck before with um with what's it called? What's her name? Uh, I can't remember her name anymore. The two. The two one dwarf that sacrifice five treasure and look for something. Oh, Magda, Magda. Is that Magda? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, yeah. you sacrifice five, and you have this on top of somebody already. You put something else in play, and then that thing gets plus five counters. Plus, you get you know like a new uh, equipment or something. So hey, I think it's fun. It's a build around card. Probably not going to be good, but I do want to try it out. And then the against the odds card I wanted to talk about is the Millennium Calendar. Which is the uh, the one mana legendary artifact, and whenever you untap uh, uh, one more permanence in your untap step, you get to put that many counters on it. You get to tap two and tap it to double the amount of time counters on it. And when there's a thousand more time counters on the calendar, you sacrifice and it deals a thousand life. I mean, it's a fun card. Yeah, it's gonna it's be too- it's yeah. gonna be fun for sure. Like, I think the best places will go is like some paradoxical outcome type deck. See, it's only during your untap, so like, I don't. I was thinking it was during any phase at, at first. Yeah, that that, that part doesn't matter as long as you can like theoretically like loop like Emery, Mox Amber, um, and then you have like a Manor Rock in play or something like that. You could mm-hmm. theoretically like oh, so Paradox. Yeah, sorry, yeah, Paradox yeah, that's what I'm about. Uh, Paradox Engine. You could theoretically theoretically like kill with this. I'll tap it. But, oh yeah, yeah, just uh, untap, untap. Yeah, 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 yeah. You could do that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have to be during your untap step. There were there's, other cheaper ways. There has to be one during your up. Uh, yeah. You just have to be able to. Make infinite mana to double the counters and yeah. untap it. Okay. Well, we're almost Let's done, guys. Let's go on to the uh, the lands yeah. here. I think that there's not a ton. Like, I, I want to talk about real quick. Like, are any of the caves good? I don't think so. I don't think... We got these nah. new caves. I don't think any of the caves are good enough to justify playing caves. I think there's, like, one that, like, mana fixes, which is kind of fine. Um, and that's for the it. I wasn't really impressed by a lot of the other ones. Like, if we had the owner Arbiter and Pioneer... Maybe I'm a little bit more excited, but could you could Echoing Depths copy Lotus Field in the graveyard? Yeah. So Echoing Depths is one that enters as tapped as a copy of a land in a graveyard, except as a cave in addition to other types. Unfortunately, if you enter as a copy of Lotus Field, then you have okay. to sacrifice two lands. So yeah, it, it you know it works the way that Vesuva does, with not the way that Thespian Stage does, and that's not really what uh, you want. Yeah, it's sadly not as busted as you may think she'd be. Which is so sad. Uh, any other lands you guys are interested um, in? I mean, pink tint. Go for it. I mean, I was gonna say I. I think I said it last time, but I think Cavender Souls is going to. I mean, it's not gonna break the um, the the Pioneer metagame wide open. I think already controls moved away from playing counter spells for creatures and stuff like that. But I think the mana fixing is gonna be good for the typal strategies, or is it Kindred now? I can't remember. Um, could be both yeah so 
you know, we have really expensive mana confluences, and I think they're going for like 40 or 50 bucks. This is going to be printed a whole bunch. It'll probably get down to like 30 bucks. So if you don't want to buy your mana confluences, definitely get your Cabin of Souls. Uh, I think it's going to be a, just another great way to play those, you know, three, four, five mana uh, typal strategies that you, you want to play. Mm-hmm. I am so incredibly low on Cabin of Souls. I think this card is not going to affect Pioneer in the slightest. Uh, with the creature decks that wanted to abuse Cavern of Souls, I think I think uh, yeah. So like, if this these like sees play in Mono White, I think Mono White just gets like slightly better against Spirits, and that's really it. Spirits is already going to have to change as an archetype uh, because it won't be able to interact with Cavern of Souls outside of uh, Spell Queller. But I mean, like, I don't know. Like this card's just like Pioneer is not about counter spells. Counter spells suck in yeah. Pioneer. There's just no reason to like run Cavern of Souls. Like Mana Confluence is like I don't know. Like 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 sure. Like sometimes this can be better than Mana Confluence because it's less painful and like more budget. But still, I, this card is not gonna sadly affect Pioneer as greatly as everyone thinks it might. I I lean somewhere in the middle. I I think I lean more towards Ryan's side of things where. I don't care that much about the fact that it makes your creatures uncounterable, but I do kind of care the fact that this is like our third um, rainbow land for creature yeah. types. So if I, I if I want to play something like five color humans or, soldiers, or like five color Phyrexians or, yeah. or five color warriors, yeah. something weird like that, I think that this gives you that ability and that could be more interesting than making something uncomfortable. Well, even then, like, these five-color creature decks just have never been playable, have never been good, and, like, I don't I don't know if, like, the fact that we got the third land makes them a little bit more playable. I don't really think so, because, like, I think I think the I format mean, I, has like, moved so about... far away from Mantis Rider. Like, we have Adeline now. Do you really think that Mantis Rider and playing a Warriors Sonata base is better than Adeline? I, you know, I can see a world where you play both. I think that probably the biggest argument for it being the case is that Explorer, or no, not Explorer, but Historic had um, Ancient Ziggurat or something like mm-hmm. that, and they were playing, you know, five color humans, whereas Pioneer didn't, and they were not. Like, I felt like there was a very clear dichotomy. Where it's like, hey, they have one more Rainbow Land than us, and they're playing this deck, and that's the only thing we're missing. I think from they, it. like, that's an interesting. I thought case. they also had uh, Champion of the Prara. I think they did. Historic, historic. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, there are some manlands. Do you guys want to talk about one each? I have one I want to talk about. I don't know about you guys though. Uh, I have one I'll talk about. And I'll talk about it now. I guess uh, it's the Rakdos one that I think is like the most playable and like the one that we'll see play. I, I'm not really high on the rest of these. Um, it's the obviously I'd red or black for three mana. You can make it become a two three black and red insect with menace. That's still land. Uh, whenever it attacks, you may discard a card. If you do, draw a card. Uh, it yeah, just filters like, it. like it's just it's 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 nothing impressive, but it does the job well. It has menace. It's going to filter through. Um, it's fine. Like obviously, it's like I don't know if it's better than Hive. I don't know if it's better than Lair or not Lair. Um, Hive or um, Den of the Bugbear, but it's definitely something. And I think it it might see like a one of or a two of Interactos mid range, and that's a lot more than the rest of these lands, to be honest. So, mm. Kevin, do you have one you wanted to talk about? Uh, I don't have a specific one. I feel like they'll see as much play as current tap lands do. I mean, I like the rest. I like the green-white one. It makes a llama for 3-3 three, three for 4 mana, but I like that whenever it attacks, all your creatures get plus 1, plus 1 until the end of turn. So if we ever do get you know green-white tokens or some go-white strategy um, with green-white, I think this will definitely be in there. But yeah, that's all. Um you guys want to move on to the top, top eight? Or sorry, top five. I always say top eight. I don't know why. 
It's because they're used to talking about Magic the Gathering where we top eight. Yeah. Alright, I got my top five. I'll shoot it off first. Um, honorable mention, Get Lost. I think that card is like just so close to being playable, and I think it wouldn't surprise me if it is. Mm. Um, I think that... Uh, I think number five, I have Queen Spade Paladin, because I'm a vampire copium type person. Uh, Bitter Triumph, I think yep. the removal spell is pretty good. Uh, especially in Grease Fang. I think Warden of the Inner Sky is like very clearly very playable. Um, I think Abba is like second, and the Ancient One is my number one. I think the Ancient One mm. is quite playable. I think okay, that card that's is so good. List. I think it's. I think I, I really do like the Ancient One, and I'm going to be basically for my RC prep for Toronto. I will be playing a bunch of the Ancient One, uh, and if the Ancient One doesn't cut it, I'm playing Kruger Fires. So I'm living my best life. Awesome. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm going to go through mine. I've got number one as ABBA. Uh, I'm just, you know, like I said, so excited about her. And then my spicy number two is going to be Quintorius. Mm. Um, you know, maybe that's some copium, but I want to see what I can do. Three and four I have is some removal spells that I think are good. I think that Get Lost could have been in that same range, but I went with Bitter Triumph and Mountain Collapse. And then for number five, I'm long shot uh, Squirming mm. Emergence. I think yeah, that that's one. That's a good top five. I want to see what it can yeah. do. Uh, and then I do want to honorable mention is Souls of the Lost. I think that I had just talked about it not being that good. We had had a, uh, a recording mix-up, so when we recorded Black, I hadn't tested this card. Now I have. I think it's actually going to be really good, um, so that's going to be my honorable Well, wait, 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 wait. Did I convince Kevin that a card was good? That's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> that never happens. No, it, it, totally unrelated. I just tested it on my own. <laughs> no. All right. Uh, it, that ha- it has looked really good. There have been times where I'm like, man, I only get to do one of these two things. Like, I want to sacrifice my um, Massachusetts supplier and discard this Protestant Mulgum from my hand. I can only do one oh, of so them. Sad. So many options. Oh, it's All so right. good. My so. top five, uh, I have uh, Honorable Mention Bitter Triumph. I think it's going to be kind of a, a niche card, but it'll definitely have some some you know times where it's going to be really good. I have Warden of the Sky at number five as well. I think, you know, the counters and just the, you know, how aggressive it can be. It's got evasion. All that stuff I think is going to make it playable. I have uh, Amalia uh, in my fourth spot. I think it's really going to depend on how well that combo deck does. I think that's where everyone's seeing here right now. Maybe she'll find some other use later on, but uh, I'm still on the fence about that deck. Uh, I have Get Lost. I just think it's better than Fateful Absence. It's got much less upside, especially if you're playing against a Planeswalker deck that's not really playing a lot of creatures, because then they just have no way to explore. There's, they get no value. They just get to put something into the graveyard. Um, better than a clue. And then I have a Bone Horde Dracosaur. I was really impressed with that body. It's 5-5 five, five First Strike Flyer. Makes two creatures, or you get to exile two cards. I mean, I think it's a great value engine, and I think, you know, if you play it in some kind of deck where, you know, you can keep... You know, keep the removal away. I think it's just going to win the game for you. And then I have Cavern of Souls at number one. I think we're undervaluing its uh, ability to make, uh, you know, typo strategies, you know, uh, be good. Maybe we're not going to see it right away. I know we saw, for example, we saw some Black Goblins uh, recently. And, uh, you know, we're seeing these other colors that we don't normally see those types in. I think, you know, if we we do go back to Lauren, this is going to be a great card. I'm calling it ahead of time. This is my number one pick from caverns of excellence all right kevin all right thank you guys for listening we want to hear your top five as well if you want to go ahead and follow us on twitter at mtg pioneer uh you can also find a link there to our discord where we talk about all kinds of pioneer things we post additional things that go with our uh with our podcasts as well as you know just talk about everything going on in the format with other lovers of pioneer 
How about you guys? What do um, you got for uh, social shoutouts, etc.? You guys can find me on uh, Twitter at YoJapanHobbyist um, and also on the Discord. So we've got a lot of sweet stuff for Jank, you know, like we were talking about today's thing. So bring it in. Talk talk about it in Ryan's uh, channel, Jank. And Ashiak? Why not? It's a boy. Ashiak here. And uh, I usually do a shout-out at this point. So I'm going to shout-out uh, all the boys, uh, all the homies that did well in Edmonton, the face-to-face. Uh, your boy finally got his RC invite, so we're qualified for uh, whatever season it is now. So, nice. uh, all good. Uh, competitive is, uh, you know, living the dream. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dreams of Ashiak. Uh, I'll also be in the Discord. If you guys have some lists that you're brewing up and you want me to make fun of them because they want to exist in a competitive space, hmm. I'm your boy. Uh, if you want someone to be really happy about it because you included a gruel card, uh, you, got Ke- <laughs> you got Ryan. <laughs> um, yeah, that's really all we got. So, yeah. Uh, you're, do I get to take the? Can I do the outro? Can I can I re- rerun this outro? Oh okay. sure, yeah. Uh, so, do you got the? Uh, yeah, yeah uh, I, we all appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, um, your uh, your first pioneers are uh, Rarex Ding out. <laughs>